Good evening and welcome to Gnosis Cardia Show on Blog Talk Radio. I am very excited to welcome Seven Bomar this evening, and I want to thank all of you for joining. It's been a long time since Seven's been with us. As a matter of fact, it's been two years, February 10th, 2015. So I'm really thankful that he accepted the invitation, and I'm so excited to get him. He's here on the line already. So I'm not going to do a whole lot of talking. I'm sure all of you uh, that are with us this evening know about Seven. He is a legend. But let me just welcome him the right way. And for any listeners that may not have heard of him, which I doubt there are any here, (laughs) James Evans Bomar III, also affectionately known as Seven, is a widely known spiritual teacher committed to the universal transformation of humanity and involution for all beings. After writing and distributing freely his self-published book titled The Code to the Matrix, he has been on a nonstop mission of developing step-by-step spiritual activation and interactive enlightenment via various innovative platforms. His latest platform is secretenergy.com. Be sure to visit there. The link is on the show page. Now, that's enough for me. Let me welcome Seven. Unmuted. Good evening, Seven. Wholeness, good evening. It's an amazing time. How you doing, Angoni? I'm wonderful. I was going to tell on you, but I decided I'd better not. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've just... Uh... About, about moving on the island when your daughter gets to be 16. Oh, yeah, yeah, sending everybody to the island. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's funny because, you know, we were definitely having a conversation earlier about, you know, children and, and, and raising children and, you know, how you're not really prepared as a, a first-time parent of, of actually uh, being able to understand the whole process, but you go, you go through that process, it gives you a lot of growth and maturity. And uh, obviously, Earth is same scenario. You know, it's got a lot of children running on it. And even the, it seems like the oversouls or whatever you want to call them are having a little time, you know, dealing with these children and figuring out how to, to get them into being reared the way that they should go. And um, but, yeah, you know, I'm ready to take it wherever it can go. Like I have obviously some things that I want to present today. And uh, but more than anything, you know, I want to really reach into the fans and, and really start getting um, more clarity, you know, just because everything's changed just all the time. So we can always gain more clarity, right? And so being able to invite people on the show today to also to call in and to ask their questions and get those questions answered is, is really what I look to do. Again, I want to thank Gnosis Cardia for having me on today. And uh, also I would like to let everyone know that does have questions to actually take time and uh, even now, and begin to frame your question properly. Uh, maybe you could take a pen and paper. Maybe you could think about the question and wonder, you know, what is it like for someone else to hear that question and they're going to know what you're talking about. And uh, to take this as a very real time for you, there's a lot of synchronicities that are happening. There's a lot of uh, weaving, if you may. There's the people and then there's our interactions with each other that uh, weave us all together. And in that, every moment and every crosshatch, if you may, is, uh, can be maximized to allow us to get more connected with you know, where, we're, where we are, where we're from, if we're coming across some of those primary threads. And uh, what I mean by that is that there's threads that run through everything. 
And because of that, those threads are more aware of everything that's going on. And this is something that we all can do if we allow ourselves to. But it's not something that everyone is benefiting from right now just due to a lot of the conditioning that's in the reality. So before I start, you know, what I wanted to say was I actually had taken a little brief, uh, st I call it standby, I never really get into like sleep these days seeing that uh, I've just advanced so much in the dream world. But in standby, it was interesting because uh, I just decided I'd just go on a quick standby meditation maybe an hour before the show just to make sure that I was clear. And I actually just ended up appearing there in front of somebody who asked me a question, which was strange. And uh, I was kind of driving in something and they asked me this question about flying and they wanted to learn how to fly. And the first thing I said was, you know, the, the main thing about flying is, is first realizing that you already can fly. Uh, I make this joke now, we're eagles, since we're eagles uh, being raised by chickens, it's often confused how high we can fly and how far we can see. And also this flying, because this is something real that I'm talking about here, it's so difficult to do with the mind because the mind wants to process everything and it just can't. Like there's just so many things that it's built up for itself that says that you can't fly. If you're trying to use your mind while practicing flying, you won't even get off the ground. And in addition to that, to realize that, you know, you actually won't be using your body there. You do exist beyond the body. And you'll actually, this body particularly is actually grounded. So you'll be using another body that everything, uh, that, that everything here also exists on. So in that body, you can see every single thing else that's also here, but it's unfettered. It's not grounded and limited to the space that it's in. So in this space, then you can contact all items, you know, through a single item. You can contact one thing through a single thing, and that's because everything is connected and woven together. And it's aware of that. That's exactly how the energy moves through those fields. And so that means that sometimes our separation here, it prevents us from getting there. It prevents us from getting into that space. It actually, we, we become locked out of it through our judgments. And that prevents us from enjoying the space of the connected and our attachment to this world also prevents us from seeing the next level, yet we all go there. So it's a big thing to think about that no one here has escaped what they call death. However, the way that we see death and the way that we process death is totally different than what our ancestors did. And in fact, they saw death, uh, actually, they, let's say they saw life first, this brief existence here on this planet as a preparation phase a time to get prepared for the greatest thing that you would ever experience, the full-on grown-up to where there's no more governors. And I talked about that in the beginning of this conversation, that the parents of the reality or the archetypes of the reality have attempted to bring forth an instructional system through our senses. That's height, uh, excuse me, uh, sight, hearing, taste, smell, touch. And through those senses, that's how we process the reality. But those senses are limited. Those senses are not giving us the full bore of, uh, of what we can really do with just cause. We're still trying to get ropes on how to handle sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch. But there will be a time where those, that process will no longer be, and there will no longer be those reins there. So with everyone, because you will process this in the way that you process things now, you need to ask yourself what you're going to do, and are you prepared? And 
this first part of today's conversation because I'm going to open up the lines rather early, but I do want to get some things across just in case I get certain questions. So I have to just refer back to some of the things that I said earlier. But it'll be about flight lessons today because what I just explained about flight is more or less a metaphor for how many people approach spiritual knowledge, spiritual power, um, anything related to something that they're not normally doing. And when we start understanding how to break down the boundaries that are there that normally prevent us from processing these things so smoothly and in a zone, then we can get somewhere. And that's for each person. Like if you're expecting everyone to go someplace at the same time, well, they're already doing that. <laughs> We're moving particles. If you're expecting for everyone to do what you do, then that may not that may lead to some disappointment because we're all unique. So this is just strictly about what a person is going to do for themselves with the knowledge and the experience that they receive. And then it'll be for that person to extract it and to synthesize it and to apply it to themselves. And as with everything, knowledge protects itself. It only can go as deep as the person's mind. And so this means that there are several meanings to what I'm saying today. And another big thing is, is that how we process these meanings, how we process life is what makes each person so unique. So this means that if you learn how to process all your experiences as gifts and as things that you can gain rather than in the negative anxiety, trying to pick something apart, trying to figure out what's wrong, then you set yourself up to receive. So that's just something I want to make everyone clear on. So today I'm going to talk about really briefly, just I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to have to take you back just a little bit. And the reason is because we've advanced so much in the message, like the message is progressive. It's not, at least the message that I deliver is progressive. It's not just, hey, you know, I'm going to keep repeating the same thing to you over and over again because time is stretched out much larger and longer than our petty things that we are dealing with in the world right now. So true enough, time does repeat itself, but it's on a much more larger cog. So I feel like that even with this last six, seven, six or seven years of delivering this message that many people are just coming in and they kind of need six or seven years ago. They need some of the information from there in order to be able to process why we're even talking about sovereignty, why we're talking about financial stability now. And this is really because we've just been six years talking about the highest levels of spiritual knowledge and many people are there. They, they get that. And then now what they need is to figure out, well, how do I wrestle this matrix? Because it's kind of like not even obeying cosmic laws anymore. Like, how do I deal with this reality so I can get myself so that I can take care of myself, so I can take care of the people that are around me, so that I can get these great foods and these filters and all these different things to begin to distill and synthesize my reality. And, you know, and that helps. It's not everything you need and it doesn't solve all the problems, but it does help. So it's just something that we are addressing now. However, the people that came in the beginning, they were getting a, a quite different message. They were getting a, a very strong calling to begin to disassociate themselves from things that pull their energy. And the first one on that list was actually the, a lot of the spiritual deities and entities that people have come to imagine they have relationships with, but have been locked into some kind of strange relationship where there's no reciprocation. And through my advent into this reality and my awareness of wanting to also connect with this one that we call God, I, become a, I became aware of 
quite a bit more, that it was a bit more complex than us just making the action to connect. It demanded that we know certain things about the connection. And I think that that's what, again, gnosis is, because this knowing is like following breadcrumbs within your own mind. You start to eventually come across parts of what you need to understand. One keyword leads to another. And then your foundation is pretty much shattered because everything that you believed before is no longer the truth. And now you're scrambling and, and trying to basically stand again. And for the best of us who have gone through that process, we've realized that we have wings, that there is actually no need to actually have something to stand on or to be insecure if something's not underneath us, but to realize that every single thing that we ever needed is already with us. We already have it. And our sheer ability to tap into that is what makes us the beings that we are. So going back, you know, there has to be a little bit of conspiracy here. You know, some people love it, uh, some people hate it, but there has to be a little bit of conspiracy fact. I'll say it like that. And this is about what occurred during World War II with uh, the beings on the timeline known as the Nazis and what was the real purpose of uh, that war and the conclusion of that war. And obviously the purpose of that war was total world domination. So you actually get several times in history where this idea of total world domination, not total world freedom, but total world domination has popped up several times and reared its ugly head. And it has yet to be fully put to sleep. We live in a world right now that is completely divided, mostly in two parts that they call the allies and the axis. And it is those two parties that constantly struggle for to overcome the other side. Now, it's easy for one side to take on the role of being good and it's easy for the other side to take on the role of being bad but those are just costumes because every single thing that they do tends to have both of those incorporated in it and then also anyone who's on one side or another swears up and down that their side is the good side but i just wanted to highlight once again that we're in a realm where there's a constant action of dominance and the sheer fact that we eat vegetables we some people eat meat. Some people, uh, you know, they consume air. Some people eat water. These are the first signs of what I would call a predatory nature. And what that means is, one second, let me just grab something here and send a note. I'm just getting a little bit of um, feedback, so I just wanted to make sure that that doesn't show up in uh, recordings because a lot of times people kind of get annoyed when they he keep hearing a noise. But anyway, so what I want to get to here is just for you to understand that during that war, there was a war over the last part of the world, and that is in your mind. The last piece of real estate, the best investment, as they call real estate, in your mind. And what this is really about is this is really about during the end of this war, when it was already won, there was a question about whether victory had been achieved. So let's say you're with Hitler and uh, one of his associates or whoever says, hey, did we win the war? And through all of the people who were there and all the studiers of the mind and the paranormal division and the people who had already started tapping into the paranormal side of things and the metaphysical side and those who have also studied human characteristics and behavior from the humans that they were experimenting on to those who were just using brute force with the military and all the armaments and the weapons that they were constructing and the engineers that is just as proficient as Mercedes Benz's heart today. 
they had to come to a conclusion that they had not won the war, even though they had won the war. And the reason why is because their identity had already been exposed. And if they expected to continue this progress of all-out world domination and living in a society that was to their liking, that they could advance themselves, but still have everyone else there creating these advancements because obviously they, can't, they couldn't do it alone, then they needed to fake lose the war. And the reason for this, again, is because, see, you can only get to a certain level of your potential if you believe that you're a slave. Slaves are capable of doing things related to motor skills very well. But when it comes to thinking about things like CERN and hedron colliders and multi-level markets and all the inventions that we see around this technological advancements, all that can't be accomplished by a slave's mind. It only could be accomplished by a person's mind that is, feels that it's free in order for it to be able to tap into the future and to pull that technology from the future, which is where our ancestors actually are. So what happened is, is that through several processes and procedures, they decided that they would fake lose the war and then move over into the countries that are known as the Uniteds. And this is the United Nations, and this is the United States, and this is other United, quote unquote, United countries. And the reason is because in the United countries, there had already been a festering of an idea of unity and freedom. And if everybody knows the United States and Statue of Liberty and freedom and justice and all that, these ideals had already been put into play. And the interesting part about these ideals is their falsehood. And as we're seeing even today right now, the unity is not actually there. It's, there's so many judgments. It's not just the racial divide. It's not just the financial divide. It's even war and bickering going on between mother and daughter. War and bickering going on between best friends. So the unity is actually not there. And, but there's an idea of unity. And this is what's most important. So when a person leaves the house and they go to their job and hundreds of them work to build somebody's phone or increase somebody's technology, that's the only time that they're unified. But when they go home, they fight with the wife, fight with the children, they fight with time, they fight with gravity. So there's an ideal of unity that works for the people who are running the, I the idea and running the reality but that unity is not experienced by the citizens that are within the reality, except for what they've hypnotized themselves to believe, like this idea called the American dream. So what happens now is, is that we get to a point where we need to realize that no lives matter in this. The game that is being perpetrated on us, the ones who are perpetrating that do not care if we're black, they do not care if we're white, they don't care for Muslims. They don't care about any of that. They only care about world domination. And while we've been bickering and arguing pettily amongst each other, we've also been developing things for them. And let me explain that. One, a lot of the technology that we're seeing today has been developed by the same people that either complain about that technology now and its uses, or people who have thought that that technology would be used for something else eventually. So a lot of these mechanisms, such as TV, such as Facebook, actually were developed by 
the same people who are actually being the most affected by it in a negative level. <clears throat> so we need to realize that, that we are actually engaging, whether we're aware of it or not, in activities all the time that further pin us down into this reality. And that is a loss of energy and a misdirection of karma from each of us. So our first goal would be <laughs> to get ourselves in a position where we don't have to do that anymore. Because many of us are doing that. That could be your job. You know, that, that could be many things. How you make your living, things that you've, you've created, music you've created off of inspiration off of another person who had inspiration off of another person who had inspiration from them. So there's a process then that we have to work with in order to get ourselves untangled from this predatory reality that's been created where now we're a bit lost. And I always speak as a collective because I could fly out of my body and fly into a whole other zone, but I'm also anchored here. I will wake up here every single day until that day that I don't. And so that puts me as a part of this collective. And so since I have the wherewithal to do so, I do care. I tell people all the time, though, that if you're just getting yourself together, you need to understand. You need to get yourself together first before you start working with everyone else because energies are going to exchange. Just like any healer needs to really, really work on their healing and understand the people that they're healing and how they're connecting with those people because you could be put in a position where you can't heal anymore. So it's not all about just good intentions. It's about knowing your formulas, knowing your craft, Knowing your stories, his story, his story, her story. Knowing your time and places. As I said, there's a time and a place for everything. So all this says is that, hey, you got to be adept now. You've been raised in a society that's like a surrogate mother. They want to, that's smothering you. That's the, the best term. They want to make every single decision for you. They give you a few options and that, acts like, that is supposed to come across like you have choices. But what this ultimately breeds is, is when it's time to make a major choice. Should I still be with this person? Should I still be at this job? Do I need to get ready to move out of the country? When it's time to make a major choice, we, we just don't. We wait for the surrogate mother or father to tell us, which often never happens, what we need to do in order to muster the ability, which comes through commands, muster the ability to actually do it. But we cannot command ourselves. So this, in many cases, so this harkens back to the idea then that if society is rigged to be like a computer, computers normally don't command themselves. Computers don't normally program themselves. And another thing that I was saying that everyone needed to be aware of about how we're being used is a new level of artificial intelligence known as deep thinking, deep mind units. And what they are is basically massive processors, real stuff, no conspiracies, real massive processors that are fed live data all day, all night about us, what we do, how we act, how we respond. A lot of that data is actually being pulled from Facebook. What happens when you see an image that is a certain way? Like their engines know how to crawl over that image and know the heat spots of that image, know the eyes on that image, know all, identify all the pieces in that image. That's a basic Google image search. You can reverse search any image and it knows what that image is. It knows trees were in that image. It knows how to find other images that are like that. So through deep thinking and through harnessing our own knowledge, what's happening is, is that a new threat is being formulated 
that we're already wrapped up in. And again, I'll speak as we're. I won't say you're already wrapped up in it because I'm here with you. But that doesn't mean that I'm absorbed like you are or absorbed like other people are. I'm here with you experiencing it so I can tell you what's going on. But I can also tell you how to remove yourself from it. But what happens in this is that then your life can be streamed to you. Basically, your responses are already known unless you're moving in mysterious ways. And the entire future that you are to have has already been planned out for you. And the options that are you, you are being given in that future are minuscule to the options that you truly have. But yet you will go into that future feeling like that you had no choice unless you listen to what's being presented today. You also start asking the questions that you need to ask because you are responsible for your soul. Nothing else. It's, it's never been any different. Never. Since the beginning, our advent in this world has been to teach us how to guard and how to cultivate what is most precious. And at this point, it's not Jordan's. It's not a, a six-figure salary, it's not a Bugatti, it's not anything beyond our soul and our ability to create, which is the most powerful thing. It will always dwarf anything else that you can find here. The sheer action of the complexity of the body and how many of the ventricles and the organs and the veins and all that just connect into another and if anyone decides that they want to put their hands in that holiest of holies, trying to cut something or drill it back together or screw it back on, they'll find that that's not even the equipment that's being used. But yet, in our reality, we're taught to use that, those equipment. We're taught that that equipment is what we need as our tools. So what I'm saying is, is that the most advanced things that we can learn here, we are now ignoring and this brings us to a point of having to realize that, hey, this has gone too far because if I can't control my own consciousness, if I can't guide my own ship, then where am I at in all of this? You know, what am I to expect is going to happen to me? So what we have here then is that when the United States was developed, it was actually developed on the back of people who were fleeing from their territories because their territories had already been bombarded and destroyed. So they weren't coming to this <laughs> promised land because that they were just leaving a good place, is what I'm saying. They weren't coming to the United States because they said, oh, the United States is so much better. No, their countries had already been destroyed. And they found that, hey, the only last place for us to go is this United States. So the Chinese actually were some of the first people to come through, even before black people. They built the railroads, that all the trade routes and the goods and things went down. And then when they got tired of the Chinese or got done with that phase, actually, then they introduce opium. And then opium, you know, by that time they started introducing laws. First they introduced the opium, then they started introducing laws that the people who were, were on opium or caught to be on opium, they would have to go back to their country. Then the next wave came in, and that was the, the black slaves, the Africans, African melanin dominant people came in to start building up the herbology, the agriculture. 
So what you're seeing, what I'm telling you is what you're seeing is you're seeing someone that knows how to lay out every single layer of how a reality is to be constructed. But for what? What is the conclusion? The blueprint that they're using is already there. So what it what is the end of the blueprint say? And so what I found is, is that that end of the blueprint actually dictates a total domination over your consciousness in every fiber of your being. And I'm in a reality right now where I'm witnessing people being taken over like that, that they're no longer themselves, that every single thing that they say and they do is curated and rehearsed to match up with the modes of this realities and the times that they think that they're living in. When you ask them anything about themselves, they are clueless. When you ask them anything about death and what goes on beyond here, they are clueless. And that is an extremely vulnerable position, my people. And it actually puts me in a position to have something to do here. <laughs> it puts me in a position to educate as much as I can and to give knowledge and experience as much as I can to change that scenario because that's who I am. That's just the core of my being. That's my purpose. So what you had going, let me give you a little bit of data here, is that obviously all the scientists from World War II were sent into the United States, and this is very known information, CIA project paperclip. And all these scientists began to work for the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is JPL, that's Jack Parsons, who was a close friend of Eliester Crowley, and also an OTO Golden Dawn member. And then also many other uh, scientists that were basically specialists at making weapons and bombs and things that destroy things, and more importantly, manipulating elements. And through the process of developments of things like that were leaked from Tesla, what was created is these networks. So let me understand, let me let you understand something. When you think, it's actually visual if you have the ability to see it. Just like when a radio wave comes across, when that wave comes across that comes to your wireless radio or that phone call comes across that comes to your wireless phone, that actual signal is visible if you can see it. But we know it's there or else you wouldn't get the phone call. So this perception of just that alone actually came from more of a metaphysical principle like looking at dreams, looking at how people can communicate with other people from distances, looking at how mothers have instincts about their children that are thousands of miles away when something goes on. So just the reverse engineering of that, hey, there's a network that's out there that's somehow organic and slightly out of the visual perspective, spectrum, but there's a way for there to be a communication over a wireless network. <laughs> this is what the knowledge uh, this is some of the knowledge that was obtained by the scientists. And so this is what gives us now advanced radio frequencies. This is what gives us Wi-Fi. This is what gives us satellite. But what it actually gives us is what I call the dream machine. And it's because through my research, I found out that the wavelengths that the human mind and consciousness moves on is actually the same wave, wavelengths that many of these devices broadcast down. So if you notice, like if you go to the bathroom, even though you got walls around you, you'll still get a Wi-Fi signal because the signal is so small, it just passes right through the pores of the door, right? So you need to be like inside of something that is just like steel where there's no, 
you know, it's just they call that like a Faraday cage or something that blocks out other frequencies because they can't pass through there. They basically created an entire network that feeds right into our system of consciousness because our frequencies move down those same ranges. And what happens then is, is that every time we even express an emotion, our energy goes through many channels. But I'm kind of skipping ahead of myself. Let me just get back to exactly where I was. So the thing I want everyone to understand is, is that time is not linear. And I know that there's many people that come forth with knowledge that say that. But let me inter let you understand a little bit more deeply about what that means. So obviously linear is a straight line and we see time like that. We see, okay, so there was 2016 and then there'll be 2020 and then we draw out a line and then we say that's 2016 and 2020. And that's actually not how time works. Time is more like a circle and more like a spiral and a coil. And so what happens is, is that that means that since the beginning of this circle or spiral, which is actually called time, Everything that was here then is here now. And so even this perpetuation of this idea of time, which is false, and this idea of gravity, which is false, is actually what you could see as sorcery within itself. You could see it as some of the most dangerous things that you can ever really try to uh, uh, be on the planet with. And the reason is, is because when you really, really boil down into it, and um, by the way, Ngoni, just let me know if you hear some interruptions. I've been, I've been told that my uh, internet has been restored. So if, you, if there's any interruptions on this, then I'll switch over to a stronger internet. And also, you know, for all those who are viewing, you know, I guess anyone who's ever viewed a show always knows that every now and then there's something that is going on. And it's just strictly energetic signatures. Like there's nothing to kind of go into like, oh, they want to stop. Nothing can stop. Nothing can do anything. <laughs> unless you allow it to you know you always have your backup plans you always have your other options but at the end of the day you never lose in this unless you choose to and even now like I don't have to express myself I don't I'm meaning like I don't have to get all upset I don't have to get angry I don't have to say anything in that direction uh, in relation to what just occurred all I have to do is just keep talking and roll back into what I'm doing and because I'm, I'm basically preserving my own energy because of something that I'm going to tell you about here in a moment. So because time is not linear in like a circle, that means that everything that was here in the beginning since the whole invention of time, which is actually synonymous with in the beginning, there was a word or in the beginning or let there be light. Any of these statements actually hint around that same thing. They hint around that there is a point that occurs that is actually a point of division. And when, because when something says, you know, in the beginning was a word, that means that we must now define. That means that we must now separate things from other things. So this is what they call the beginning, right? So it's in the beginning. So this means, hey, in time, when time began, okay? So when we see time, then actually that's what you see really now in the cult levels of the world. The cultists where their sorcerers and magicians have always been either attempting to defeat time or attempting to make some kind of um, connection with time in order to ba basically become friends with time. So time, as people have seen as a Saturnalian kind of concept, is actually an energy or entity within itself. 
And that energy or entity has gone nowhere since the advent of time. And the only way that we escape, if you made that energy or that entity, is to get out of this space of time and to confront it as it is a part of ourselves, meaning to confront it on a whole nother mainframe to where there is no such thing as time. And then we'll understand it, we'll comprehend it. And so that may be going a little bit too far forward, but I'm going to keep going here. But just to remember that time is never left. Gravity is never left. So if you under in, in this cycle that we're in. And so there's things that are perpetuated in this reality that actually create the idea of an illusion and actually create the reality of an illusion. And what those are, are this scarcity that this idea that we're running out which again, it starts first with time. Oh, I'm getting older, I'm gonna die. You know, I'm running out of time, I need more time. And then that goes into things like oil, like, oh, we're running out of oil, all these cars, and, but there's only a certain amount of oil. Water, oh, there's only a certain amount of water, we're gonna eventually run out of water by 2080. So the idea of scarcity, which is totally false, because everything is energy. Just take a, the first science class, they probably should, they just explain that. Hey, everything is energy. So if everything is energy, why are we struggling for energy? Why do people need to steal energy from another person? Why are we running out of energy? Like I was just looking at a video the other day on making hydrogen and it was just so simple. And then hydrogen is like a powerhouse. So if you make it out of water, basically, and then when it dissolves, it turns back into water. It basically has no uh, pollutant. So this idea that we're running out of energy is also false as the idea that we're running out of time. But if we buy into this, if we start you know, accepting any parts of it, then it starts to tangle us in its web. So there's a purpose for that though. There's a purpose for this time, this gravity, this scarcity. And that purpose is fear because fear is actually total awareness. And let me explain that. Total awareness in this reality as we know it. And because everyone has different definitions for words, awareness for some people is actually awareness, consciousness. So they start mixing words together. Awareness and consciousness, those words mean the same thing. Actually, awareness is how present you are in this moment, in this body. So an example of that is a death uh, a near-death experience where something is going on, maybe somebody pulls out a gun, maybe you see a, a car accident ahead of you where basically it brings you from la-la land like, oh, I gotta go to work today, to, oh my God. And what that moment is, and some substances also do that too. Some people, they take substances and, and those substances are so powerful and so life-altering at that moment. The person, oh, I'm dying, or I don't know what, help me. That's actually total awareness because every single fiber of who you are is right there in that moment trying to figure out how it's going to escape this death or escape this, this uh, bad situation, right? So when you think about it that way, that means that total relaxation, which is kind of like the opposite of fear, obviously, will be the way out. And I'm going to explain why, because when you don't, when you're completely relaxed, when you're not sending out these energetic signatures, when you're not wasting all of your energy on judging something or someone, 
what happens is, and then also you're not thinking about yourself, how pretty you are, whether you're getting older, whether this person likes you. When you're not doing any of that and you're just complete, which, which you can't do if you are trying to relax. When you're completely relaxed, what happens is your signature starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And then you start basically returning to your original state like an atom. And when you're doing that, when you're not sending out this huge signature like you're the big boss on the realm, what happens is, is that you begin to slip through the pores in the membranes of the reality. Just like I was saying earlier, it's like the Wi-Fi signal just passes through the door because it's made out of something that's so much more smaller, but equally as powerful. Being large doesn't mean that you're all powerful. So when you collapse what they call this ego or this ID, then what you're doing is you're just packing up all your baggage and then you're eliminating all the things that you don't need. You're distilling and then synthesizing who you truly are. And then you're relaxing in that. That's called the knowing and being confident that that's who you are. You don't need to ask yourself questions about it. Am I great? Did I really come from great ancestors? You don't have to ask yourself questions because that means you don't know. And when you're fully relaxed into that, then you slip out of this reality and then you become aware of the other realities. And that's what I've been doing. And so regardless of whatever is happening in the reality, it can never stop me having the ability to slip out of this reality and into others that don't operate on these same mechanics. And here's a big thing that you should realize. Because there are things that you cannot see, there's something I need to tell you about that you can't see that exists. And you constantly... These things are constantly around you and you're not aware of it. See, just how we eat the vegetables and we drink water and we, we need that fuel. We take in that fuel, we cycle that fuel, and we just like we produce carbon dioxide, the carbon dioxide goes into the trees, the trees produce oxygen. There are billions upon billions of different things going on like that, different transfers of energy in this weave or web that we're all in. And one of those transfers of energy that is the most harmful for us, if it's not controlled properly, is actually this emotional response. I'll put it like that. Because every time we send off a strong emotional response, which is not relaxing, we send off what looks like a turtle-shaped spiral from our center. We send it off from our body. Now, I want to let you know before I explain this, that there's a part of you, that it's like a, a fire that can never be extinguished. There's a part of you that actually never goes out. It's a part of the original essence. It can never be exhausted. But what we do with that part is we create from that. That's why they say, hey, you know, pull it from deep from within to create something. Like obviously when we create children, all that is pulled from deeply within genetics and roots and ties and all sorts of stuff. It's all coming from a very deep space. So what happens to us, though, is that because we can create other things from that, then it is the things that we create from that. It is the things that we have bought into this existence that we've processed from that that these things that you can't see consume. And there is nothing right or wrong about their consumption, just like there's nothing right or wrong about you drinking water. 
we have to get out of the whole dual processing brain, the dual core, I call it, where, although that sounds bad, are they bad for me? Listen, these are mechanics. This is what I call in the university celestial mechanics. And if you go in with a wrench or, or, or a socket wrench and you needed to have a, a whole different kind of tool, then you're not going to be able to operate on yourself. So this is about using the proper tools to deal with the situation that you're dealing with. So right now we're talking about matters of light. And that outside of your visual spectrum, there are things that need to feed on your anxiety and need to feed on your anger and even can feed on happiness. Every single frequency range. Why? Because if you look at the chart of frequencies, you'll find there's the gamma, you'll find that there's infrared, and many of these ranges are actually outside of our visual spectrum. And outside of our visual spectrum, all of those different realms, the beings that live there, they're made out of that. <laughs> Just like since we eat meat, we eat vegetables, we eat water, we eat, then our world consists of that. If you eat the prana, you live in the pranayama. So that's what the ancient texts say. So because you consume from here, then you are phased into this. That's why anytime you stop eating, anytime you stop drinking, you're phased into something else, whether you like it or not. So what happens is, is that in those other realms, when we think, if you can think about, you know, well, if you have a thought, if you have an expression, it comes out in those fields, the gamma field, infrared field, based on whatever it is that you're, you're expressing. And you can't see that expression, but it's coming from you. And then the things that are in those fibers and those frequencies then feel that surge of energy and then they eat that energy. And what this does is, is that because you're emitting energy, then you can actually start running low on energy. That you could have energy mismanagement. And that's why a lot of people have a big time energy mismanagement going on with their emotions. They're always upset. They're always angry. They're always looking for somebody to blame for things. They're always responding to things. They never relax. But I'm here to tell you that if you cannot relax, then you can never get out of this. So there's so whatever reason you want to come up with, there's a way to actually be aware and observant of what's happening in the reality and to not be a dummy and fall for stupid things, but still be completely relaxed in doing what you need to do in that space. Because in that space, that's where you're going to tap into your true potential. But just remember, the reason why when you walk down the street, if you see a bird there on the sidewalk, the bird is going to fly off. It's not going to think, hey, is this a good human? If it sees another animal coming, it's going to fly off. It's not going to think, hey, is that a good animal? <laughs> and the reason is because the experience of the bird has taught it that other birds second guess possibly those ideas and are not here anymore. So this in every sense means that remember as an adept you are in a, re a reality that the natural inclination of this reality is fear. That is a part of nature. That is why if you sit there and witness a flower, it will go through its process of full budding and then it will start to decay. Then it will die. It will turn gray. It will turn brown. And that entire process is what's going on in the reality. That's nature. That's what our ancestors understood and when watching that entire process, what they decided is they were going to attempt to find the space 
that you always stayed in full bloom rather than going through the process of being a vulnerable seed or going through the process of being what would be appear as worthless, lifeless matter. So that's what I'm going to say in the beginning of this. I'm going to also talk about very briefly how we can freeze this process by conquering time. This is something that I've studied deeply in, in this last, you know, seven years of trying to figure out like, what am I doing here? How, you know, when does it ever, when does it end? When does it begin? How do you conquer time? And the interesting thing is time can only be conquered within. It's not something that you actually are going to find the mini boss in a video game so that you can go and destroy him. It's not even that kind of thing. It's about figuring out what is causing you to age from a primal level. And what I discover personally with myself, and it is the same for many of us, is that it is the disconnection from the continuum. It is the disconnection that from us realizing that energy is everywhere and can be pulled from anything. It's in the wind, it's in the water, it's in the sun. So there's no scarcity in it because if the reality is constantly program broadcasting down there, uh, uh, their created matrix and mainframe, if they're constantly broadcasting this signal and saying, hey, you know, you got to die. Hey, time's going to get you. Hey, you know, you better hope that when you die that you go to a better place. So if those signals are constantly going on and constantly being broadcast by all the people who host those signals, then this means that you also have to be equally as vigilant about broadcasting the signal that, hey, energy is everywhere. There is never shortage. There's never scarcity. Why don't you relax? Because when you relax, then you can tap in. And then that's when you can discover your space. So just think about how this game is being played. Then Everything around you is trying to elicit some type of response to get you all uh, uh, bent up out of shape, as they say. And what you really need to do is figure out how to reach a heightened level of relaxation so that way you can truly tap into who you are. And these are opposites. So this is why then, this would almost equal the number one reason why most people have never seen what's outside of this world. Now, we've seen the energy scam now. We see how there's no scarcity in energy. So this brings us to the final point before we start taking questions here. And this is that the most valuable space is the real estate in your mind. And that the controllers of this system, the dominators, the ones who are still bent on world domination, what they want to do is they want your attention at every single moment. They want you to be there like a computer, just waiting for them to program something in you. So this is why now you don't really see a separation between people and their cell phones and their computers. And remember, this is not a racial thing because, you know, Caucasian people should get out there and fly fish. They love their families just like melanin dominant people love their families. Everything in between. There's arguments, there's connections, there's love, there's passion. And see, all of that we were generally doing with each other. Notice the old setting before the technology came in, we were all together with one another processing the experiences that we were having. So that means that the, the superstructure, if you want to call it, didn't really have that much 
control over the person's integral reality, but they were gaining it rapidly with TV and all these different kind of things. That's why there was such a rush to put those kind of tech, that kind of technology into people's home. But you can't just introduce a TV without introducing programs. So now they got to get the whole Hollywood thing together. And that's why Eliester Crowley was very instrumental in the development of Hollywood. Poltergeist and Freddy Krueger and all these different, the, the ring and all this stuff that you can, you can even see in your mind's eye now when someone says those names because it's so devastating to a young mind that is yet to even come out of its seed yet. So what I'm saying is, is also this real estate in the mind, the way they wanted to accomplish this was creating Hollywood, which is supposed to be fake, you know, these fake movies all the time, that anything can be basically done in a movie, but as long as it's perceived as a movie, then it's okay. Like if I make a statement that is a very dark negative statement as a real person, then I will be immediately penalized for that statement generally. But if I'm in a movie and I even act out that same action because it's a movie, then it's okay. So you notice there's a, a disarming that goes on with the consciousness that Hollywood has created. And then you have politics, which are supposed to be real. And the reason why politics are real is because if they pass a law, if they say, hey, you can't come into the country no more, that's really going to affect people. So they tune into that, you know, especially the people who may not like TV because, and, and Hollywood and fake things because they know that that's going to affect them. So they call that real. So even with the entry of, let's say, Eliezer Crawley into Hollywood, there was a desire to put people like Ronald Reagan, who was an actor, into politics. And now the complete plan is now come to full fruition because now they have Trump into politics, who's, of course, a reality, a reality show person. So now what we have then is we have a reality show that we generally can't tune out of. Why? Because what goes on in that political reality show may determine whether we should even be traveling tonight. <laughs> you see? So now it's come to its crescendo where Hollywood has fully come into agreement with white, the White House politics to ultimately kick off this grand scheme of getting the real estate in your mind, the final space, the final frontier. So what we need to look at then is, is that how we can begin to reverse this whole process of this vying for our energy, the aging, the things that's coming through this media, etc., is to begin to create our own worlds. And this means each person individually, you have to have enough minerals because what I found is, is this constant process of mind control and programming that, is, that the society is putting its citizens under it demineralizes them and it demoralizes them. Those are the same words to me. Like you just only can take so much. It's like that, that show where they hold the person's eye open with some hooks and they keep showing them these crazy programs, right? And people would think that that's all a part of the movie, but actually that's what TV really is. A person is kind of locked there in front of the TV for maybe two, two hours, like the standard movie, an hour and a half, and they can't even close their eyes trying to get to that next scene. And in that process, their entire consciousness is being rewired and reworked. So these are things that, that we have to pay attention to because we are not living in the world right now where all of this stuff that I'm talking about is not going on. 
a figment of my own imagination and something that we do not need to be concerned about individually. And with that being said, what I would like to do, because there's thousands of recordings, I think now, at least hundreds of recordings explaining how to get out of this. Remember, I'm explaining something that I explained six years ago. It's even almost like going over rough patches because it's like, hey, man, you should know this already. But you can't, as a teacher, take for granted that everyone is aware of the energy game that's being played. And I feel like to answer questions truthfully, it's almost like you have to go through this kind of process. So that way, when someone gets on the phone and says, well, I'm having problems with my lover and my mom doesn't want to do what I tell them. Whoa, what did we just talk about? Your questions would have to be more related to yourself and more related to your own spiritual progress, taking into mind that there is this structure that's been set up around us to keep us from ever doing that. And how we can get completely out of this is to actually re to not react, to relax so we can tap into who we truly are. So that way, because that was the last part of this little dream that I was having before I got on the show, and I was explaining to the person that, see, this time, because they, they had asked me about, you know, like everything that was going on in the world and what we we're going to do about it. And I said, well, we've already won. We're, and they said, well, how could that be? And I said, because we're using spiritual ways now. And I told that person that so they know, hey, use spiritual ways to get yourself out of what I'm explaining to you. There won't be any marching downtown and, and all this stuff. Even me talking on this line right now is just a convenience. Everyone's processing what I'm saying a different way. But truthfully, how you can really get yourself to where you need to be is go to your spiritual roots. Start tapping into yourself, increasing the quality of your intake. It's so important, like... They used to have this uh, saying called scraps from the master's table. And what it basically was is the kind of foods that people were eating and how low quality they were. And they were akin to what slaves were being fed during their times of captivity. And they got so used to eating those meals that even when they got out of that perceived captivity, they kept eating those meals. So it's the same thing that now we're in a world where you can go and even get heirloom. You can grow heirloom. Meaning the heirloom is, is higher than organic. You can buy heirloom seeds and you can sprout in your kitchen with a machine that's about, shoot, with a, actually you need a machine. You can even make it, but there's even a one that's $30, $40, just a little sprout thing. You pour water in the sprout, organic heirloom sprouts are giving you the greatest enzymes that you can ever put in your body. You take those same enzymes and put them in some kind of non-toxic cream and rub them on your face and it'll take away all your blemishes and your wrinkles. And that's just common sense. Life breeds life. So what I'm saying to you is, is that this has only become so difficult because there is a program that is saying that it's difficult. This is easy for you. The moment that you relax and you get into your zone, remember all your stress you know, it's like when something bad happens, like I always notice, like I get, you know, crazy stuff happening all the time. Like just recently the site, you know, just goes berserk and crashes and now nobody can get on the site. And that just causes a slew of emails and all sorts of stuff. And I was just sitting back there and I just fixed the situation and I relaxed. Why? Because I said to myself, you know what? Think about one week from now. The site is going to be fixed. So you're going to have to ask yourself, why did you exude and waste all that energy? 
So it's the same thing with everything that I experience in the reality. Now I do my best if it's getting me into that whole emotional reaction zone, because I know they want to play me every time they want to juice me, get some of my juice. I'm always like, Hey, I mean, I'm not even trying to spend any juice right now. I'm trying to keep this. And I go at it like that because within three days anyway, it's going to be solved. And now my, then my juice is going to be gone. So why even do it in the first place? So I just sit there and I relax and I get through what I need to get through. And it doesn't matter if it happens faster or not. It happens much more easier for me. So just think about that. That's like one of the most powerful pointers is just to realize every time that something's happened, even if I dial into you like a year later, it's going to be over. You're going to be experiencing something totally different. But if you wasted tons of energy during that scenario, then you got to go back and say, well, man, you know, I didn't even have to go through all of that. And so that's what we're talking about. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break and um, a quick moment to just refresh myself. When I come forward, we're going to answer some questions and we're going to roll into this because, you know, I'm really just getting started. Everyone knows like these speeches are more like trains. You know, it's like train gets started running. It's a little bit slow at first. And then it starts to really get into high gear. And I just wanted to set the foreground with what I was talking about right now in relation to all these different things that are vying for your attention and also the energy game that's going on and this idea of scarcity that doesn't actually exist. And then how you can begin to fly by tapping into your energetic potential by simply relaxing, not the relaxing like you don't care, but the relaxing of that you realize and you know as an adept that you cannot do anything about this until you get out of this space and see what this truly is. So that's what it is. Okay, all right. We had a question from a cult fan. Uh, the question is, what is synchronicity and how does it work? Right. Uh, synchronicity is basically a sign that you're starting to align with yourself. So how this works is, is that, as we said, time is not linear. Everything that has been and ever will be is all balled up into a coil. And what we get is we get these orbit processes. I call, actually, I call it orbits. And this is basically uh, your interactions with different things as you're going through this wheel that we're calling time. And so what synchronicity is, is there are certain things that occur over and over again, but they, can, they come in different guises because when you're in a different space and you're in a different time, then things appear to you differently, although they're all connected and some of the things are exact, the exact same things. So what synchronicity is, is synchronicity is akin to deja vu. It's where you start to realize that, oh my goodness, I've had, not only had this experience already, I'm also beginning to guide myself through having this experience again as if that the experience is already laid out and I'm just interacting with the experience. So synchronicity is just one of the ways to, of being able to tell that we are in fact nonlinear and that we have experienced the things around us already. We attract and we repel so we know how to line up different things for ourselves. And what we're encouraged to do is that when those synchronicities begin, like I, what I do is I work synchronicities within math, meaning that I basically calculate the probabilities of something actually happening. And then when I calculate that the probabilities are just too high, 
then I can acknowledge that that must be a synchronicity. And then in that, what I normally do, because I ask personally my my own higher self over soul, which I'm fully connected with, to basically just make it simple for me. Like if whatever I'm supposed to be doing, put it right in front of me. And if there's anything that I feel like that I'm that that I if there's something that is going to cause some turbulence or something that's going to be an issue that I don't know already and that's not that's not in my conscious mind let me get some level of a sign and i do like and signs come from everywhere they can even come from computers they can even come from you know uh the writing on walls etc i mean it comes from everywhere if you're perceptive of it so you know that's just a, a brief tapping of synchronicity and how you can also increase synchronicity because i'm sure that that would be a, an attaching question is to simply pick up your energetic potential and we talked about how you can begin to synthesize things like water. You can synthesize things like food so you can basically get better qualities of fuel inside of your body. And then what this allows is this allows you to speed up. It allows you to become more conductive, if you may. And then when you're more conductive, that generator or that coil that that generator that moves this coil of time, it begins to speed up. And then how this appears to you is, is that things become more connected and you start realizing the connection between the things that are going on around you. So that's what I'll say about synchronicity. Well, thank you, Seven. We have two more questions in the chat and then I'll be sweating bullets answering the question or opening the lines on the phone. We have a question. Um, it's an exotic question. Uh, I'll save that one for last. We'll see. Uh, we have a question here from Juan from Las Vegas. He says, in the tree of life, intellect is represented as a feminine principle and emotion as a masculine principle. Does this ideology apply to the spiritual realm? Did you get that, Kev, um, yeah. seven? Yes, I did get it. Thank you, Ngoni. Well, the interesting thing is, is that what we've done is we've taken higher maxims, higher principles, and we've attempted to convert them into the way that we process reality. So we then have to look at the archetypes in our reality, uh, male, female, lions, you know, um, uh, oxen, we have to take those components because that's our language. Our language is, is experienced by us. So we have to take this language and we have to begin to define each of these properties. But what we would in, f in fact be doing is using the lower mind to attempt to comprehend the higher. And you can automatically see why that would be an issue. And, and it's just like you would be trying to take a very uh, slow processor and then run this very complex program with it. So it's just, it's really not possible. But what you come up with though, is you come up with stories that are oftentimes not as accurate as they need to be. Now, the interesting thing about the male and the female is that they were never perceived as separate, especially when it comes into, when you come into the higher laws. And when you see that this advent of something like the, the Old Testament where, where they're saying Adam was split, if the last time, and, and, and then from Adam came Eve, if you didn't take that and realize that actually what we're talking about is something more uh, about elements, like maybe even the periodic table. And when you see the chaos and the destruction and the explosion that occurs when you split an atom, 
you can then comprehend that this idea of splitting man from woman and perceiving man as different than woman would also cause as equally as much disaster. And that's how the whole thing begins. Like notice how in this whole beginning creation, if you know how to read things on an occult level on a deeper level, you start to actually realize that, hey, this story is actually about something else. And this, this story is very deeply entwined in it's not supposed to give you the good or the bad. It's supposed to give you clues to what exactly is going on. And you're as an adept to take it as you're hearing it. And when you choose to do that, then it opens itself up and it starts saying something different. And it actually seems to be, for me personally, quite malevolent, uh, a malevolent nature of things taking place, uh, more so than something that's going to ultimately bring balance. It seems like that's actually the opposite of what's taking place. There's an, an, uh, an intention to create division and, di and device and, and, that as and then allowing that to become the foundation of the world. And so just as we see it, there's a lot of division and separating. There's a lot of naming. There's a lot of war. There's a lot of chosen. There's a lot of different div divisive kind of, uh, uh, there's a divisive play going on. And so I would have to pull back from that for a moment and ask myself, hey, what if I decide to, subscribe to this divisive play and to believe that this is where I came from and this is what's going on with me, immediately it would divide me. On one side would be my feminine traits. On the other side would be my masculine. And then those two poles, which are normally used to being together, would struggle to get connected with each other while still just the idea of them being separate will cause them to repel one another. And so this is what I believe is the constant trap that we can get stuck in. Just one of the layers is doing this division. Like the sun is always seen as a male now, but before it was always seen as a life-giving principle in a female at one state. And then even before then, it was perceived as actually a dynamo, something that had a positive and a negative pole. Because if you don't have a positive and negative pole or male, female, then you can't generate, you can't create. And then here we are in a reality now where we believe that all of our generation and all of our creation has to come with two separate beings uniting with each other. When the truth is, is that we can actually do all that internally and we do it all the time. That's how we produce energy. That's how we produce emissions. And then we have this positive and negative side of ourselves, quote unquote, i.e. masculine and feminine or logic and intuitive. And then that's how we operate and how we're encased. And the only thing that says that, but hey, but you're more male or you're more female is the mirror. And that's just strictly how it is, just the mirror in the society. So when you pull away from the mirror in the society, you'll find that, that those same principles actually do not apply. And so I would encourage people to go beyond the scriptures at times, like go to the next stage of, of what's being said. Realize who wrote it in the first place and the agenda behind its, its construction and then leave it at that. And then start to look at the real principles of, of light which is the higher laws, things that don't have to think, like chemical reactions. There's no thought process. They're not thinking if you're good or bad. And then to realize that the higher worlds actually consist of more of something like that, in, in organic beings that don't need organic bodies in order to be a con conscious and aware. Conscious and awareness, it resides within the being in a space that is impervious to destruction and does, is not even made out of the same material as the human body in the tense to that it is fully refined 
and 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 um and fully distilled into our true essence. So this is you know the the newsflash, and I just personally can't process higher knowledge anymore with this trying to figure out how I'm going to separate the male in one category, the male principles and the female principles in the other category, because that puts me back on that same mindset. And then what I'm what I'm also saying is that mindset is actually that's old. Uh, uh, not, um, this is an old system that has been tested to fail. <laughs> if you notice, just understand what's going on around us in the fabric of the reality. Let's say Christianity and Islam and Catholicism all actually are the same tradition. They bear witness to each other as the Injil bear witnesses to Isu and, and then they bear witness to Abraham. And, but yet so much confusion, yet so much disconnection. Why? If we were to blame it on man, why would, wouldn't they say, well, can the creator, can the creator ask the creator, why did you make me this way? So this would mean that the creator, according to their own text, would be the most superior component and would cause any kind of actions or reactions to take place. So that means that if there's any kind of confusion taking place and any kind of desolation and destruction, it would be by the hands of the, the being that would be running that entire system. So that's kind of common sense. But see, common sense is not as common under spells. And that's why it says in the beginning was the word. Right. So the word is a spell. And once the spells start, see, the spe what the spells are is the spells are these vibrations of energy that give definition to a specific purpose. That's what sorcerers do. They, they cook up a purpose and then they find words and they find energies that actually equal that purpose. And then they emit that into the field. And then all those that become entangled by that actually begin to adapt to those principles. So this is like what I said before about what if the story was a lie? What if you're told a lie? And then somehow at some point you start making truth of it. You start even connecting dots within it. Does that change it from being a lie? No. What it causes is it causes us actually to go through a process of self-hypnosis where we literally hypnotize ourselves into believing that something is the truth because we've been given no other options. We have no other knowledge. And what I meant to say earlier was is that so while we've been battling with each other, trying to play the financial game, all these different things, trying to find our identity, all these different things, what's been happening is the step-by-step -step process of the deconstruction and reconstruction of nature by priory of a scion, enlightenment era individuals, you know, all these different societies that we're seeing, these private societies, Hong 888, you know, all these different societies that are real secrets, right? So what I'm saying is, is that we would have to realize that this is being perpetuated. You, work, you woke up in a reality that this was going on. So I, we won't even have time to ask ourselves, why is it going on? And should it really be going on? Those are all questions you ask when you have the luxury. If you actually have adapted, and that's why I said that's why they wanted to fake lose the war, because no one would actually ever believe down deep that some of the things that I'm talking about is actually even happening. How do you know? Because, see, when you believe something, you react a certain way. Like if I know that, hey, I need to get out of this house right now because there's going to be a meteor strike, 
I'm not going to be sitting there, or maybe I will if I'm in ultimate relaxation and realizing I can't do nothing about it anyway, so I might as well go like a G. <laughs> but the thing is, is that, and truthfully, if I believe that that was going to happen, I'm going to jump in the car. I'm going to try to race this thing as I see it falling from the sky, right? Because that means that I accepted that it was going to actually happen. So this is what we also have to realize is going on in this reality is that the only time that you can actually really act like nothing around you is really happening is when you get onto the pinnacle of your spiritual power and your spiritual abilities because you would have conquered time some way. And you can, you know, Don Juan's books and uh, Carlos Castaneda's works talk a little bit more about their advent of trying to conquer time or just freeze time. Because some of the knowledge that was grasped was that on the astral plane, that there you could build structures there, that you could actually work entirely on the astral plane and still have a physical body. And that the same structure of what you would see ants actually have built in their colony, that same geometric network, there are those kind of geometric networks on the astral plane full of entire tribes of people who have already tapped in and already realize how to freeze time so that way they are able to stay perpetually conscious while being in an inorganic. Now, when I say inorganic, a crystal is inorganic, okay? So some people think inorganic is GMO, and they're all confused because they don't know science and scientific terms. Crystals are known as inorganic. So when I say it's, it's something that's inorganic, that means that you don't have to necessarily be in a body of flesh to have consciousness. So there are other kinds of forces and forms and energetic things that you can also be and still maintain your consciousness. And so they have gotten so advanced that they were emulating geometric structures that were impervious to things like time, impenetrable to things like time. Time then being something of an entity in itself. Like Dan Winter even talks about the Grim Reaper and, and the whole idea of the Saturnalian cults, et cetera, and how that shadow is something that many people see when they're about to pass from here. And then they now must overcome that shadow. And so this is, again, it's a real thing. So if we're spending time processing, I don't know, the final Trump or trumpet, <laughs> and, and we're, we're processing, uh, you know, this dude talking on Facebook about, you know, some nonsense and he's acting crazy with you on your page. If, and, and, you know, and, and all of us, all of us have found ourselves in these kind of experiences. I'm not sitting here above you. I don't need to get on anyone's shoulders to make myself appear higher. What I'm saying is, hey, I'm going through this with you, but what I'm doing that may be different is I'm wrangling this thing and I'm realizing and I'm willing to accept when, hey, maybe everything that you've been taught has some lie to it. And it but you don't need to throw it away, just distill it and refine it. And don't be afraid to take the medicine that comes out the other side. And it may be bitter medicine, but you will get better. Meaning that if it means that you end up having to throw some kind of oligarch away <laughs> or superordinate, some kind of entity that you've been believing in, if it means that you must get rid of that in order to go higher, then that's what it is. And also there's, there's this book I'm going to write. It's called well, I'm not even going to say what it's going to be called because, you know, it's in the work. But basically, this book just reveals laws about consciousness. And in part of those laws, it talks about how when you do anything like teaching, especially on the level of how I'm teaching, there will always come a point where people that are listening to what you're, what you're saying will, one, think that you're somewhat hypocritical. 
And this is why, because it's a paradox. So if I'm explaining anything about this reality, this reality is a paradox. So it has yes and no's to it. I even see people now, they say, uh, yes, no. Yeah, and then no. Yeah, no. And they'll say that, and that's like the, the segue into whatever they're going to say next. They don't even know that they're actually saying that. They say, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, now, no, yeah. And I'm like, okay, but see, that's the sign of it. So it's a paradox that we're actually in. And so that means that anytime someone's trying to explain what's going on here, it's going to be paradoxical. And so then the next thing is, is that there's always going to be a challenge. Like when we talk about, hey, go to sovereignty, that means that even I, I never set myself up in any person's mind as their leader. You know, I just said, hey, I'm on this mission. I'm documenting on the mission. If you're on the same mission, then, hey, we together. So in that if a person takes that and then says, well, no, I'm, I'm going to take this person as they're my, my leader, <laughs> then that's something that they've done. And when, but when a person does that, they always go through a point where they must challenge their leader. They must challenge their master. That's the same thing that I went through with getting free of many of the entities and deities related to the dogmatic traditions called religion. So I also understand when the person goes through this process, if they process what I was saying wrong, where they feel like they need to get rid of me in their lives. But see, this, these are laws of consciousness because every teacher should realize that. Every teacher should know that that's going to happen. You see? So if we were in a world then that was telling you this, and that's why I just, I'll bring the knowledge out. Here's the, here's the laws right here of consciousness. This is what I've discovered to be all the phases. But I'm only, I only can write it down for you. I only can put it in a book for you. You are going to have to then process it and load it into your system if you choose to. And, and this is how powerful we can be for one another. We could be very instrumental for one another because it's just like, hey, this is what you should expect. And if every one of us is on different parts of the timeline, listen to this, then that means if we started to work together a bit more, then we would already know what was going to happen in the past, present, and future because it's a circle. It's not a straight line. We're not going to see anything different in the future that somebody hasn't already seen before. In addition to that, you know, we're still babies in this. We're talking about there were, there's entire logs of written information of people who, as tribes that already went through the entire process, realized all this stuff was going on and actually found solutions for how they were going to get themselves into a better state of stage of existence, no matter what anything said. Because at the end of the day, if you are the creator, which you are, then that means that you can choose to change the creation. And this is the power that we have. That's when you approach time and approach gravity, like, okay, time, gravity, like, you're just the entities that I actually put in assignment of this situation, not something that is going to impede me from doing what I need to do out of my way. And, but to have that kind of, first, there's two things that needs to happen there. Notice this. One, a sheer belief that you could even address forces that way and that those forces even exist. And two, the wherewithal in order to make something like that even occur after you made that statement. And so that means that you can't be on Facebook all day. You can't be on uh, sitting right glued in front of somebody's TV or on some kind of electronic device or, you know, just out in somebody's club. And you can't do all of that year after year, month after month, day after day, minute after minute, and then expect to ever get onto the path of this level of enlightenment that we're talking about. But make no mistake, the moment that one agrees that that's something that they're going to do for their lives, I've never, 
and I'll repeat it again. I never, you know how they say never say never? Well, I'm saying never. I've never seen anyone that truly had the intention to actually raise up out of this and into their true self that they didn't get there. Now, I've seen people that said that's what they want to do, and they told others that that's what they want to do, but in their hearts, that is not what they intended to do. They were not passionate about it. They did not truly attach to that. Their agenda was something entirely different. And if we don't have the a vision and the ability to see that, now a lot of these, you know, you know, old folks, elders, OGs, et cetera, they can see that. And, and that's, that's, the, that's what we're into. I mean, this is, you know, you, you got to get to a level where you can see this. So, yeah, let's keep going with this. Let's keep going with questions. This may last a little bit longer than I perceive, but we're only about an hour and 45 minutes in. So, you know, we're doing it. <laughs> okay, well, Seven, thank you. Um, and I would like to thank all the people in the chat room for your patience and for your tips. Thank you very much. What I have done is, um, with the help of the people in the chat, cut and pasted two questions in your Skype box. Okay. How about that? All right. So then we can go to the phone. Okay, for sure. So it says reincarnation in Keymaker episode 07 states that when one reincarnates in the next life, they reincarnate to the opposite zodiac sign that they lived in their, that they lived in their previous life. How does this work in terms of energy? Now, I'll first say that a big part of the news flash because I'm starting to realize that it doesn't mean something is true. It doesn't mean something is false. It just means, hey, this is the last program that was loaded and we're going from here. So if you can find some superior system to operate on, then I would suggest that you adapt to that system. So let me tell you about a higher system than the whole reincarnation idea. Because what happens with reincarnation is, let's say, for instance, you only have 70 years, okay? And you start adapting to this concept that there's a reincarnation, so you'll be back. What happens on the subconscious level is you actually start giving yourself more time. Maybe I'll figure it out next life. And this is just a natural segue that the mind and the body and the soul, when being led by the mind and the body, will roll into because it's something that you're programming into your own system. Excuse me, I didn't mean to say soul. The soul is entirely different. We're talking about the body and the spirit. Okay, so in this, what you have to realize is, is that to have the power that is necessary to jettison from any of these kind of fields like we're in right now, you must be convinced that this is the only life that you have and this is the only life that you need. I'll say that again. You must be convinced that this is the only life that you have. And this is the only life that you need, because the reason why you have to do that is because you need the power of intention that comes with realizing that, hey, this is all I have. Because notice how, let's say if you had 10 bikes, you're going to treat each bike different than if you have one bike. This is just common sense. So if you believe you have 10 lives, you're going to treat this one life different than if you had one life. So I'll answer your question, though. The situation is, is that when you come through this life in the programming, okay, so the programmer, kind of like uh, the recent series that they put out, the programmer keeps the ones immersed in the reality and thinking that they 
constantly need to actually accomplish something, like basically that there is something that still needs to be done. Okay? And, and that something is the reason why you're not at where you want to be, which is actually called relaxed, <laughs> but we perceive it as something different. So what happens is, is that if you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be, then you go out and you attempt to try and achieve things. We try to obtain accolades in the reality. And we try to have more experiences and process those experiences, all to get us to a certain point that we're actually already at. But you can't tell this guy that. You can't tell this woman that. They got to go through this experience. And when they start loading in that that's what they need to do, that they're in search of something, that they have the quest going on, then what happens is when you perish out of this reality, according to what has been presented by 20,000 books <laughs> on this topic, or they say, excuse me, about maybe 1,000, 2,000 books that are specifically, specifically on reincarnation, and then live scenarios pulled from, other, from different citizens of this planet, because this is a very unique place, so you'll find everything going on. Anything that you can think of has happened. So if you're trying to find out something, you may just find somebody who's gone through that experience. So what happens in these accounts is the person generally comes back as opposite. They switch poles to what they were before because this gives them a perception that they're going to have a different experience. And through that experience, they're going to ultimately learn the reason why they're here. That's all written within the code. So this next question is, is that can you touch on clearing entity attachments and or clearing sexual energy from previous partners? Thank you so much. Now, I just did a fire and light episode one about this exact topic. So I will leave it to the person to go and to find that because I was able to elaborate it on, elaborate on it so proficiently. I'll leave the person to go and find that and to listen to what I talk about in regards to clearing entity attachments and clearing sexual energy uh, from your auric field, your sphere, and you know, all the rest of the components that you came with. So we can go ahead and uh, open up these lines. Okay, uh, I want to say to Nick Latham and James Wickham, who just came in, I'm sorry we're not going to be able to answer your questions this time, but I want to thank you all very much for coming, and I'm going to have to leave the chat room now. And 202, uh, let me see if they're still there, because they were the first person to put their hand up. Okay, also, and then I, after I that, they've been waiting. I know, Ngoni, that this thing rolls over. I'm not sure if it still rolls over at the two-hour mark. Um, or if it's going to go the total duration yeah, of whatever you, you stated into the, into the system. Well, thank you. I put in uh, two hours, and, and we'll have an hour overtime. But thank you for the reminder to remind those listening on computer that if you want to keep listening live, you need to call in at 347-308-8131, and you have about 14 minutes to do so, if you can get on the lines, because they're jammed full. Okay, I found 212. Thanks, Seven, for that reminder. No doubt. I'm going to open your call, 202-7440. Thank you. have been holding for 22 minutes. Please give your name and where you're calling from. Uh, my name is James. Uh, Honus to, to, to the big homie. Honus. Um, so just let me get right to it. So correspondence, 
resonance, and magic. Need some clarity on that. Correspondence, resonance, and magic. Sure. And a second part to that question. Second part to that question is when we look at the periodic table, I heard you say something interesting the other day. We look at the periodic table. How does one make practical sense of the periodic table of elements? Okay. All right, for sure. So it, it's also better to just ask for all the other callers on the line, just ask me one question. Then when we're done, you can ask me the other question because once I start dialing in that first question, you know, I'm <laughs> it's like I, I haven't been able to send my mind. I haven't been able to send my mind into that other that other zone yet. I'm working on that though. I'm working on that. Um, so let let me just address so that. Correspondence, yeah. resonance, and magic. Yeah. Okay, let me let me address that. So in in the ancient knowledge what you'll find is is you'll find the the weave uh the whole process of weaving as being the most um instrumental at understanding the connection that everything has and so if you look at the the actual loom itself as the cosmos what you'll see is that you have strings going in a vertical direction and you have strings going into the horizontal direction and the strings going into the horizontal direction are known as the warp and then the strings going in the in the vertical direction are known as the wept. And the warped are, and this is all ancient terms, you know, this is indigenous people, and they were seeing it before Einstein and everybody else that's supposedly intelligent, and they had it down to just the loom and how that operates. And what you saw is is that the the warped were the people and the wept were the connections or the things that occur that connect people together, situations and circumstances. So when we just take that loom and then we kind of blow that into a, into cosmic proportions, what we find is that every single thing, no matter what it is, is connected and interwoven with something. And those connections and those that interweaving actually creates the fabric of the reality that we exist in, which is very net like on all levels. So what happens then is, as far as the, the next question, which was you know, definitely uh, in tune with the first question, is when we then look at the periodic table, what the periodic table is, is, is it's an attempt to explain in a logical way how those connections actually are, how they change and where there's a change. And, and, and this is to basically to, um, to be able to map out what space and time different life forms and different inorganic and inorganic are actually in and what their composition their compositions actually create kind of like the segment of that circle that they come in on and so again you find a lot of of magical properties involved in in this kind of work because it's just taking a look deeper at things in a metaphysical way finding the connections and the correspondences to things that resonate with one another, figuring out what segment in the circle that they actually come in, and then kind of lining everything up in this circular pattern that gives you a, a web uh, or, or a blanket of what life actually looks like for you. And so, of course, you have many cultures that create mandalas that have that same purpose. Um, we find there's a lot in different kinds of languages and different kind of activities like Zodiac, uh, which is the course pull from the language of the stars that has that same kind of connotation. So this is exactly what we're talking about. Uh, thank you, as always. Um, and I do recognize that all itself, but I didn't want to just like take your words 
for it, you know what I mean? So I said, well, what does that mean to me? And I, and I came up with all has value, all has worth. Exactly. I mean, I mean that. And once is, is that a proper axiom? Oh, for sure. Because you know, if you can turn it all into fuel, like if you can turn, let's say, <laughs> if you could turn negativity to fuel, which we actually can, that means we have an infinite level of power. <laughs> so that's just again how we're processing things. And you know, it takes time to realize that because you know, it's different than looking at molecules versus right at somebody's house and dealing with when particles collide, <laughs> right? And but again, we're encouraged to pull back sometimes off of it to see it. Because, you know, when you're right up on the fractal, you know, you can't mm -hmm. even see that it's a fractal. So when you pull back off of it, you're like, oh, OK, well, I get it. It's all connected. But there is a process to this. And that's what I feel like is um, a big part missing sometimes, like when we can go into our, you know, our supreme state of consciousness, then we ignore the process. But it's also in certain tenses, we try to make a leap that we are not trained to make. And that we don't know how to make anymore uh, because we've been trained to forget it. And this is a strange scenario. So we end up having a problem making the leap. So we kind of fall into the abyss. And this is a person that insists that there is no real mechanics that need to be discovered. And, you know, I kind of believe that we need to work on both levels. There's the level where there's a zone, total relaxation. I'm not even processing everything that I just learned because I am everything, the true all itself and getting familiar with that space, which is really what's more required is getting familiar. And then there's this whole other thing going on in the matrix, which is, you know, these mechanics of how these ancient beings and whoever you, whatever, put all this stuff together because it is here. So it does have some kind of framework of mechanics to it. And in that, you know, we we're filling up our existence. So that's what it is, brother. I do appreciate, you know, you connecting with me. And, you know, and hearing from you and, you know, it's always great to just have this opportunity to build. I will let everyone know there's supposedly about five to six more minutes left in the countdown. If you want to call in, we're going to keep answering questions. And uh, and yeah, you know, let's let's bring it. Let's get the train moving and, and see exactly what we can get out of this. <laughs> greatly, greatly appreciate it as always. Wholeness. Wholeness. OK, the next person is four, one, four. Seven three two four. Your mic is open. Please tell us your name and where you're calling from. Four one four. Going once. You've been holding a long time. I sure hate to pass you by. Four one four. Seven three two four. Okay. Next person. Seven eight six eight eight four eight. And then we'll come back and try four one four again. Hi, uh, good evening. Wonderful show. I caught it up at, at 8 p.m. Uh, Sister Angoni, it's Malaika. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to ask a question um, in reference to what would be, if any, the difference between time and space? Thank you. Okay, I'll go ahead and address that question. What's the difference between time and space? And there is it. Uh, it's, in fact, uh, exactly how we've created both of those concepts, and they kind of roll into one another. And, you know, I guess there's, there's nothing else to really do but answer the question. And, again, like, because um, let, me, let me elaborate on that just a little bit more just in case it's, it's just too flat. 
So if we think about it, like a time and in, in, in space is actually something that we're just agreeing on. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. And the reason why is because if I say, well, when did it start? Then we would need to kind of come up with a date. But would that really be the date since there is no such thing as a start? So then when there's no such thing as a start, then there's also no such thing as a finish. So the same thing with space. If there's an infinite space, then there's not even a purpose for the word space. And this is actually the trickiness of, of actual language, because when I say cup, I don't mean elephant. So what I've done is, is I've attempted to take something and put it into a boundary. And so since there is no boundaries in the limitless, then words can never actually be able to encompass what is actually being presented. And so this is, this is um, an interesting phenomenon that's occurring with us now. And what it's saying is, is to us is that, hey, that's actually a big part of the whole spell work. Because when we're trying to define things that don't even have boundaries, then definition can't come into play. Definition is to create a boundary to bring meaning to something. Now, so when we're talking about the limitless, when we're talking about the soul, we've given words to something that automatically to can proceed into having a conversation, it's like extremely hypothetical and extremely non-accurate because we're bringing it into a framework that it can't even exist in. And, you know, this is a very interesting process to attempt to do something like that. And, but what it does ultimately is it leaves us a way out. It leaves us the ability to actually cancel out concepts such as time and space to realize actually that has a lot to do with the cetus of the powers to be able to, as you see in your dream, you can experience what appears to be years or sometimes months or at least long periods of time and very short periods of time when you go into that dream space. And then, and again, so that's time. And then likewise with space, you find that in the dream, you're able to move into other locales without really any time elapsing. So again, the dream space, which is again, akin to the astral planes, is really the place that you can see clearly for yourself that concepts such as time and space don't actually even exist. And, that, and that's what I'll say. Uh, that's what I'll say on that. Okay. Uh, her mic is still open. Are you there, Milanka? Okay. I think she just. Okay, we're going to have to move and, on. And, uh, she was just uh, probably got off the line or just listened. But oh, okay. Uh -huh. Oh, that's right. 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 Okay. Um, now. 7324, your mic is open. You've been holding a long time. Are you there? Do you have a question? Okay, <laughs> got to move on. Oh, sorry. There it is. There. Okay, would you tell us your name and where you're calling from, please? This is Robert, and I'm from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I, I just wanted to ask a, a quick, two quick questions. Um, when it, um, the Monica 7, would you come up with that? And... In a nutshell, because I'm, I'm getting here, it seems like you're saying basically what we should do is dream big, go for it, and relax. Because everything is already kind of already kind of laid out. So that's what I'm, it's my first time hearing you, and I'm, I'm basically amazed by, you know, your, your, your awareness of things. So I'm just kind of trying to put it all together in my head. So where did seven, uh, the Monica seven come from, and do we, 
just dream big, go for it, and relax. Is that what you're saying? Kind of sort. And that's it. Thank you. Okay, thank you for the question, Captain. So what I'm, um, okay, so just the, the Sevan actually is my middle name is Evans, and the S is moved in front. And the interesting thing is, is that it was just a time where I, I really felt like identifying with names wasn't where I wanted to be in life. So I had, there were actually people that called me seven. And when I actually wrote the code of the matrix, since I was still in somewhat of a paranoid zone, just about the level of the knowledge, I decided that maybe I didn't want to write. At first I decided maybe I didn't want to write under my own personal name as some people choose to do when they're putting out information like that. But I had kind of changed my mind by the end of the book, but there was still this Savan that started to kind of stick with. And then I realized, Hey, this is, this is your middle name with the S moved in front. So that's how life has kind of always been for me is it's been, where I, I process things in the past that are actually parts of the future. And I always kind of get surprised that, hey, there's another instance that that has happened again. So that's the explanation behind the name. And then obviously there's a bit deeper connotations to it. I think that seven is everyone's favorite number in certain tenses. So somehow I, since I've become associated with the number, then a lot of people somehow when they hear that number, they think of me, which is great. So then they have a moment in time to reflect on knowledge once again. And I think everything here in the reality is somewhat uh, and, and very divine. And seven as a number is just not able to be divided into time evenly. And so it's known to remain outside of time. And I think that that's very fitting for what my lifestyle has been like in this world for this last 38 years is basically going through so many different experiences and, 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 and wearing so many different hats to get me to this crescendo of like, okay, so you experience all of life, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's something after life. Now let's go into that now. And then being able to do that at the, at the age that I am now. But of course I've had some experiences in the past that allowed me to process all of this. And again, it's, it's not always been experiences are not always great experiences. You got to have the good, you got to have the bad so that you understand in between, especially when you're, in a dualistic reality that attempts to teach you things through contrast, right? And so the last question was, um, let me see, the last questions. Um, let me think. Oh, the relaxation. So, yeah, so the, the gentleman was basically asking, so in the nutshell of what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, relax and go for it and maximize your life. And it can't be said really any better than that. Obviously, there's details to this and you can always get into those details. But with everything, yes, that how we process this experience, especially when we start to attract what we need to ourselves, the, the mind works like a magnet. So you don't want the mind thinking about all this stress, drama and anxiety because it's just going to keep it's learning to eat that. So it's just going to keep asking for that. It's going to want to tune in the news and get some of that. It's going to want to tune into a friend and get some of that because that's just how we're training it. So if we can relax, which also produces an extreme level of our energetic flow, then we can actually begin to realize what we can do, the simple steps that we need to make in order to, uh, to exit stage left on a lot of the dramatic things that are going on in the reality to start our process of sovereignty, which is basically being able to supply every single thing that you're bringing in around you. And obviously, if you accomplish that on a physical level, it'll mean that you've already accomplished that on a spiritual level. And I have only a couple friends, primarily one who has achieved great things in life on a financial level, but has decided to go into their level of total sovereignty and to witness their process of total 
connection is just amazing to me. It sets as a, uh, as a, as a benchmark for me as what I would like to achieve, which means to have everything that you would ever need, but then decide that all you ever need is just yourself and in that order versus, you know, sometimes, you know, things could be a try to, we could try to achieve things different ways. And sometimes we can find ourselves not achieving our, our dreams. So let's, I'll go ahead and take the next call, but I do appreciate uh, the brother calling in and uh, hopefully he's tuning into the work. And uh, we have obviously a lot of stuff on YouTube and um, et cetera. So what I'm going to do is, um, well, I don't know if I can, I'm, I know that I'm breaking up a little bit. Let me just increase my bandwidth really briefly. And then we're going to go ahead and continue one second. All right. And uh, 323-1472, you'll be next as soon as seven returns. After that, 505. 0643, you'll be next. And I'm trying to get everybody that's been waiting a long time, and hopefully, we'll get everybody to get a question answered. Thank you for your okay. patience. I'm not sure if I hang up, will I be able to get back into the call? Um, uh uh. No, it's after 9 o'clock. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but yeah. you're, okay. you're sounding okay. Okay, yeah. It's uh, all right. It, it just was kind of garbled for just a second there. So, 323-1472, you're next. Your name and where you're calling from, please. 323. Okay. Going to have to move on. Sorry. 505-0643. Your name and where you're calling from, please. Hi, my name's Angelina, and I'm calling from New Mexico, Albuquerque. Uh, USA, <laughs> um, home is seven, and um, thank you for taking my call. Um, my question is, uh, do we only live once, or when you're dead, you're dead, and that's it? Um, do we cease to exist? Do we ever get to see or be with our past loved ones again, or are they gone forever and they just cease to exist? Finally, a real question. And then my second... <laughs> And then my my second one, just the part of it would just be like, um, why are people like myself born unattractive? How do I accept not get depressed about that? And do people just get lucky with DNA and others don't? And it's just as simple as that. Or uh, why are people <laughs> physically unattractive from a spiritual perspective? Thank you so much for your work, Seven, and wholeness and gratitude. Thank you both. Thank you for calling in and, and thank you for those questions. So the, the first thing that I want to elaborate on is uh, what goes on, you know, after death. Like, what are we really talking about? And, you know, I believe that these are, you know, these are peak questions because, you know, if you can get answers out of this kind of stuff, then it, it makes major changes in your life. And what I've come to, to discover based on my experiences is that how we process our life and how we process the moments that we're in, who we care about, what's closest to us, is all in a stream that it can be accessed at any point and that if we heighten our spiritual abilities, we can actually reach a space to where we can access those points anytime. Okay, so this means that now you've fully gone into adepthood. And the interesting thing about this is that we find that there's two things that actually occur that, that are known. And one of them is, is that many times when a person leaves this world 
if they feel like that there is nothing further for them, then they often are just found on the astral plane gazing into their memories. And what they're doing is, is similar, similar to a projector. They're actually projecting themselves back into the moments in that reality in order for them to enjoy those moments again. So this shows that there is indeed a way to actually get back into this life plant, this lifeline that you are actually emitting. And then even deeper than that, the interesting thing is, is that I, I've come to find out that well, what a deep question. So <laughs> I've come to also find out that how we see this entire death process is, is entirely wrong because how can I explain this? Basically, this, the idea of dying is actually occurring already right now, meaning that we're actually already dead. And the reason why that, that is the case is because we have yet to fully accept what life truly is. So we're, we're processing life in a, in a death kind of state because we're processing life as this linear period that we have these experiences in. When truly what it is is that what you would call the spirit, and this starts getting us into the soul, you don't know when it's coming and going. And what I mean by that is, is that, just like I was saying earlier about how Wi-Fi moves right through the doors, the spirit and the soul are two made of particles that come in and outside of your body. And you don't even know when a lot is there and when a lot is not there, except for how you process the moment. So this means that in heightened moments of clarity and heightened moments of experience, your spirit, if you may, your soul or connection to the soul is there. And then other times where you may be just kind of drifting and floating into the reality, then the body which has its own system, will almost be like on an autopilot. And the spirit will actually not be necessarily in that body in a high concentration. So what this leads us to is the realization that what we're calling family members are actually fragments of ourselves. And what many of the, the ancients were doing is retrieving those fragments or retrieving those energetic parts of themselves. And that's actually how the whole idea of a god and those kind of things came into play because all that was known as more or less family members that were a bit more graduated that had the responsibility of gathering everyone in the tribe back into the bosom and keeping them aware of their connection with one another and their connection with everything. So where we're at now is we're actually in this little bubble, which we call our personality or our ego, that is actually separating us from the awareness of that. And in that bubble, what we can do, because it's like then it's like a mirror game and it's like a light game. What we can actually do is we can start to begin to cook up these concepts for ourselves of how we're supposed to appear what is pleasant, what is not pleasant, because this is actually the tit for tat. And, and also what we, see, what we would see as more or less a poison that enters the body when you begin to judge, right? And this is like what they say about the tree, that you'll know now good and evil. And what this means is, is that you'll know now good and bad, Right. And what you'll know now is light and dark and what you'll know now is red and green and what you'll know now is night and day. So this means that you'll learn something that is not really the truth. 
And the only way, because we talked about juxtapositions, how we balance beautiful souls is with imperfect geometry. Like we don't, beautiful souls don't conform to the general five base, the five base geometry that comes out in the reality. They seek to be different. But for those who are still in the five complex, literally, they can only process things around them as either being pleasing by being close to phi or not pleasing, which is non-Euclidean. So for those of us that may have come into the world and we are not necessarily externally pleasing for others, then we always have our spirit body. And this is also like when I was in a situation to where I was removed from the reality or what you would call freedom, my spirit actually found freedom truly <laughs> just through that scenario. So it means that oftentimes we're introduced to a life where we won't have to invest tons of energy into mirrors and we can then conserve that energy and begin to build our spirit because we already know that the only true love that we're going to receive is going to come from the beyond of connecting with all of these loved ones that we have, our tribe, on the level that we truly are. Now, this brings me to another thing. There are certain people that in the physical reality, I can no longer really deal with those people on the physical level. Now, this is funny and also interesting because we all experience it. This time where there are certain people that we just can't really keep being around them because it's counterproductive. So then what happens is, is we tap into our own code and we say, hey, I'm not dealing with that person anymore. Cut them. <laughs> right. So we do this fictitious cutting, which never exists, by the way, but we can send a program as if it does. That's what creates an illusion. So in, certain, in a certain process, I had come to realize the dangers of doing something like that because the only, uh, the, there's only a small amount of the spirit and soul connection of the person that can truly fit into a physical body of flesh before it just it, it implodes on itself. It just spews all over the place. And it's just because it's a higher energetic potential. It's more refined. It can't even like be held in a vessel of such impurity. So what happens then is that because we exist, that means there's only this small part of us here. So if somebody starts to judge another person based on the small part of who they are without seeing the whole and then choose to disconnect themselves from that person, they've also disconnected and consciously, they've also disconnected that themselves from that person's oversoul. And then what happens is this means then there's this huge gap of the astral fields that you can't actually traverse which you'll generally see in your heightened dreams that there's certain spaces that you can't make it into. So the cure for this is to simply make a few adjustments and realize, no, it does not mean that you have to connect with those people back in physical reality again, but it does mean you do have to come to a complete awareness that that person is not limited to the idea that you've had of them thus far. And in that, you create more continuum for yourself. And in that, you get more connections of, into all there truly is. And in that, you discover and others discover around you what true beauty is. Because it would mean that you finally stepped outside of the box 
of these platonic solids and you stepped into the non-Euclidean geometry with strange quotients and rations that are yet to be realized in this world. And when they are, then the world will have seen something different and the world will have realized the power of being unique. So that's all I can really say about that, but I'm sure it's more than enough. All right. Thank you for your questions. And I have an, a favor to ask those on the phone lines. If you have asked your question and had it answered, please take yourself out of queue by hitting number one. That would be very helpful for me. Now I'm going to try. Uh, the next caller is 323-1472. Are you there, caller? All right. That's the second time I've tried, so I'm sorry. Moving right along. Okay, they waited a long time, so maybe they fell asleep. I doubt that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> maybe they got the question there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Okay, next is, uh, please take yourself out of queue, if you will, by pushing number one. Uh, we got that one. Okay, here is uh, 360-0057. Welcome. Your name and where you're calling from, please. Hello, this is Charlie Boyer from Baltimore, Washington. Hey, Charlie. Am I, am I coming through clear? Yes, you are. Okay. Yeah, just grateful to be here. Um, yeah, so my, my question is about the uh, the keys to the paradox, pretty much. Uh, I kind of got to go back to uh, an earlier talk, and it was when you were talking about um, when when our chakras get sealed when we're younger and those and the traumas that we have get sealed into the chakra and uh, that we have to go back and find the diametric opposition to soothe that trauma to really heal it. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had some recently, and uh, I'm just, you know, and I, this, this is kind of bouncing around for a long time, but how, how would we identify, uh, you know, the, the opposites or, or, you know, how, how, would we, uh, how would we heal that? How would we find out uh, the, the diametric opposition to heal that? Great question. So how this goes is they talk about that we each have these assimilage points, meaning the, the point in which we come into reality. Now, reality, if you imagine like when you're younger, you're a child, you know, there's a way that where you process the reality. And as you become more and more present here, you can even start seeing in the child's eyes as the child becomes more and more aware that, hey, I'm actually here, all the way till you start seeing the child develop a certain level of character. So what happens is, is when we have gone through some type of trauma, what has actually occurred is that there has been a large amount of energy that has been removed from our field during that point. And that can at times stunt our growth. It's like literally that energy could be used to do other things. And because we can't retrieve or recover that energy, then it's leaving us at a certain point with that energy. And we need that energy. And this causes us once again to reflect back into that moment. Then we become almost transfixed between that process of just reflecting on that moment. And that's what we would call trauma, traumatization, right? So what happens is, is that the way, the only way that we can overcome such things is actually to tap into energetic signatures that have the ability to override those frequencies. And this is why 
I mean, quite frankly, you know, I've seen people go on journeys that I didn't actually, as an optimist, accept that there would be much change from the character that they kept uh, dialing into until greater authorities than myself or the self that I had achieved at that point were capable of stepping in. And that was the plants. So then we have these plants and we have these minerals and we have these things around us that have the greater energetic potential to override or cause an actual diametric opposition to trauma. And we find that it is possible that those things have been placed around us for circumstances just like this to give us a segue into something that we now need to overcome but also to allow an experience to occur that was necessary to occur. So you could see how talking is never going to actually bring a full comfort in a person's heart to that that experience was able to achieve that. They would literally need to be run back through that process again. So now we would need to reverse time. Just explain to you why other things have energetic potential and why that's useful to you. So now armed with this knowledge that you would need to basically move through time, time's like a current. So it's like a wave. But what you need to do now is you need to go against a wave. It's like you need to go against jaws. So the interesting thing is, is that the only way to get through something like that is to go into acceptance and to go into love frequencies. Because what that's going to do is it's going to start to dial in the synchronicities that need to occur in order for you to find the solution. Because see, acceptance and love are words. And what happens is, is that when we need something deeper than words, we need, when we need something deeper than even spells of soothing and spells of healing, then we now ha are at that crossroad with ourselves to say, okay, who is my ally? Who can give me the energy that I need to make this journey? Or what can give me this energy that I need to make this journey? What part of myself? And so this is what I would recommend. I would recommend exploring kingdoms. Remember, you have the kingdom of metals. And you'll know because you'll know even in your own craft what you're more attracted to. You have this kingdom of vegetables. You have these kingdoms of metals. And when I say kingdoms, kingdoms of metals... We have to realize that when we have a connection with something, let's say um, gold, you know, so there's colloidal gold, zinc, these kind of things. When you, when you see it and you try to tap into it, you can actually get a response back from, you know, what, what it can do for you. And then when you put it into your organism, let's say you then take some zinc, you then take some, some colloidal magnesium, etc., you now have it directly with you. So then what you'll find is through this, there's a specific word for this, it's escaping me right now, but through this, basically this integration, this, this process, uh, this ritual that, if you may, that you're going through with yourself, you build up the energetic potential that actually recreates that space and time. And then you're then armed with what is necessary to feed the energy that was present during that moment. And then that is what it's like putty over a hole. It's what allows it to begin to lay straight 
so that way you can keep moving so once again this is not something achieved by mere mental comprehension at all there must right. be action there must be an activity that actually starts as a process and so resonance meaning finding things that equate to acceptance and love whatever is the diametric field like when you're thinking about the situation and you can email me about this and you know and, and i can assist awesome. because remember like if i'm high like it would, i guess they call that hindsight or whatever like if you only can generalize until you know more <laughs> right and then obviously on personal right. situations hey, we're on air so shoot me an email about it and there's always a solution like i've never run into a problem that's not a solution if i have the data and there's allies that they're inorganic, meaning they don't expect anything from you. Metal is not expecting anything from you. Water is not expecting anything from you. Maybe a thanks, <laughs> right? So we utilize those right. techniques in order to actually get us the, the healing that we need. And that's what it is. <laughs> and, okay. and remember, in the main hey. thing is because energy is inexhaustible on that level. It's not like anything needs anything from you. It finds fulfillment in just feeling where you are empty and that was the whole thing my friend that's what i realized was the big game was this whole idea that the energy was running out and i got into spaces that i was having issues holding the energy and i said well this is strange so it's opposite to how we think then so all of this what we're experiencing here remember like i found diagrams from the royal society that shows I can't explain it to you, but it's like a parabolic mirror that things that happen here are opposite to things that happen in another space that's higher than this one. And part of the torment is when we somehow fog our lens and we cannot perceive actually what is going on around us. And then also when we begin to lose control through, you know, we, we can relinquish control of how much we can do in this reality. So that's what I'm here for, brother. I'm here to, to allow you to gain control and to link you up with the elements that are necessary to, to be supreme as you already are. Hey, thank you very much, Seven. Much love to you and uh, compassion, as you like to say it, you know. Anyway, thank you so much. And uh, I'll have to go through this three or four more times because I'm just excited to be on the line with you. <laughs> well, you you know you're you're more than welcome, brother. Just go ahead and uh, like I said, if you want to send me an email, I can, you know we can assist. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right, you have a good good rest of the night. You too. Okay. Eight oh five five zero zero seven. Your mic is open. Your name and where you're calling from, please. Hello. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. you're on the air. Oh, you, I, I'm, I'm through? Yeah. You're on the air. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I wasn't sure if I was through because I, I put the volume down. I couldn't tell. Okay, good. Um, my name is Daniel. I'm from Ojai, California. Wholeness. So, um, oh, man, I didn't even think I was going to get through. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. I've been listening for you, to you for years for a long, long time. Bring in a, a a lot of time listening to you, so to finally get through, I'm, I'm rather shocked. I, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm sure like a lot of us that have been drawn to this type of information, 
um, you know, we've always had like this lingering or this uh, idea of a possibility that we're going to tap into more of ourselves to to be able to do, um, you know, to be able to do more than we're able to. To I don't like the word senses because it's a very limiting words and and uh, might I add, you have a <laughs> You have a very powerful throat chakra. <laughs> I'm always amazed by by your ability to command word. It's it's something that uh, that has affected me profoundly. Profoundly, uh, I'm in my car right now, and I I have a dictionary with me, and I'm always highlighting words um, to 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 expand myself. But anyway, listen. So so today is kind of like my anniversary day, I guess you could speak, say. Okay. Um, not because I'm in a relationship. Yes, I do have a question. I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not trying to waste your time. This is just something that is hard to, uh, hard to explain in just one sentence. But anyway, um, so, so like a few years back on Valentine's Day, I I had a a great opportunity to to like tap into some of my my abilities so to speak and like it's uh, it's hard to put this into uh, uh, it's hard to formulate my words but but basically like like I can I can do things now that I wasn't able to do right the I kind of share with people what I can do it, it's like putting my private pilot in its own. Like I, I try to my body, and you know, and 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 well, it's to put it to put it to put it to put it just to put it. Uh, to see what I mean is, is I, I can get into this space now where I can tune my body, and it just starts moving on its own. And where I'm not doing it, it's literally like like a Tesla Model S push the button. It's I'm on. I'm about to start moving on its own. And when I do it, people call me a Tai Chi master, right? And ain't anything about martial arts, yoga, or anything. But like, well, excuse I finally me, caller. Into this we, we point can't, excuse me, caller. I'm sorry, but we you're you're breaking up. We can't hear you very well. Do you have a question? Well, that, my question is hard. Is, for, it's hard for we you you're fading in and out. I'm afraid we're going to have to move on. I'm so sorry. Five seven four, you're next in line. Okay, I will. I will tell the caller before we take. Five seven four. I will tell the caller before we take the next call, just to, for for him to first understand. Happy anniversary. <laughs> and, and I think what he was going to ask me was, you know, what is going on? And what I'll tell him is, is that when you tap into your ability and your energy does move like you'll find like if you notice in certain spiritual traditions they rock back and forth when they're doing their mantras and what i've experienced is is that when the energetic field of your body starts to pick up you actually get in synchronization with what's going on around you and if you can reverberate that and you start to reverberate off of things and this actually keeps continuing calling like a crescendo to where you can dance you can move and you can go into techniques that you didn't think that you had before. And the truth is that what you're now doing is you're moving through all of the fibers of the reality. 
So that's what that is. So keep going, brother. And, you know, and, and, and thank you for calling in. You know, I regret that since it was so uh, that it was just broken up a lot. So we couldn't handle the long explanation of it. But just know that we're here for you. And uh, and that's that's what it is. So, you know, and also I wanted to send out, you know, thanks to Ngoni also just for, you know, getting uh, things in line. Just uh, just so the brother realizes that there's a there's a lot of people that are calling in. And then obviously there's a long conversation going on with just the phone being broke up. People have a tendency to get somewhat annoyed by that. But if you want to drop me a line, you know how to get in touch with me and keep building, brother. Keep your energy going on. Happy anniversary. And we can go ahead and take that next call Ngoni. Their mic is open. 574, would you tell us your name and where you're calling from? 574-9188, your mic is open. All right, we're going to have to move forward. Okay, moving right along. Let's see here. We got a lot of people that want to talk. Let's see. I'm, I believe I have... I'm not sure if I have you asked your question. Not yet. Okay. Oh, not yet. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. Your mic is open. Welcome. What's up, Seth? Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. So, Seth, I'm having these experiences when I could feel the train vibration every time a train is coming through, like. I can feel it, and it's really waking me up out of my sleep, and I'm a little bit closer to dreamer, and, and I'm really trying to take it to the next level, so I just want to just give me, like, anything to, like, like a remedy for that, because the vibrations of the, of the train is, um, yeah, go ahead. Are you saying that you're, you're actually in the proximity of a physical train? Yeah, the, uh, the regular train that comes through every night, like, and every time it is... It, it affects me so much from the vibration or whatever that's carrying the energy that's coming along with the train. Mm -hmm. Can you just explain on that and maybe give me a remedy? Yeah, what you can do is is that, so basically how jammers work is, is they uh, they play that same frequency and they in order to actually jam the other frequency, right? So it's basically like a noise cancellation. So what you can do is, now you could check out, like on Amazon, there is, because it's really primarily two things you got to address here. You got to address the vibration, and then you got to address the noise pollution. And so when you're talking about both of those, the only way to address the noise pollution is to actually use noise cancellation. So this literally means, you know, just throwing in some earplugs. But now the physical vibration that you're actually experiencing you know, these some of these mattresses, like these Tempur-Pedic mattresses, these kind of mattresses are extremely more stable than the average mattress because it's just not it doesn't have those springs and it doesn't have that kind of vibration. So, you know, that's something to to check into. And then last but not least, more more of a cost efficient remedy is to start to work with frequencies that are in that same low frequency range. Like I said, I guess that's about three to four hertz, six hertz. But finding frequencies like didgeridoo, those kind of things that actually are sitting on that same frequency line and then running that at the time that, you know, the train is coming through. And if you have a smartphone, you probably can even find an app because the train's definitely probably going to be on a timer. But if it is, if it isn't, 
it is, then you can even time this thing to come on at the same time that the train is coming through. Or you could just play these frequencies all night to counteract those frequencies and just send those intentions and you should be fine. Okay. All right, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. And seven, man, you're doing a good job. Like I've been listening to you for a long time, and also got another question. Okay. Um, you was, it was another. I'm, no, I'm uh, sorry. Listen. I'm sorry, sir. All right, no, all right. I'm sorry. Got three people on the line. Nine zero one five four seven five. Thank you, sir, for calling. I apologize. <laughs> oh, uh, your name and where you come from? This is Sister Sai, calling from Tennessee. Okay. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. Okay. Um, I had a. You spoke about the wharf in the west um, earlier, and you also t spoke of the uh, cell phone frequencies. And the reason why I wanted to, you know, go into that is because several. I mean, it's been occurring over some years, and I don't see it all the time, but occasionally I will wake up in the middle of the night, and um, I'll look up into the ceiling, and I'll see this wharf in a whiff. And until you spoke of it today, I didn't think of it. Of, uh, I, I was like, what is this? And then it, when you were speaking today, it kind of occurred to me, I said, well, maybe that's uh, the um, electromagnetic frequencies that are going through the house, and then I kind of regarded it as a net. Mm -hmm. um, and and I don't know if that if that's what it is, yeah. but until you spoke of it today, go ahead. Oh yes, indeed. Uh, and also, just to let everyone know, um, we will have to now limit your your uh, questions to one question. And uh, and we're trying to get as many people in as we can, but you can always tap into the Secret Energy website and go to the Ask section. And I've been actually dipping in there every morning and, and really getting some questions answered. So if you somehow don't get your question answered tonight or you have something that you still wanted to address, then you can do it there. But also uh, try to say your, your most important question first and just reserve that and then your other questions you can ask me later. Yes, sister, 100%, I've seen this grid. And I've even seen the grid in different shapes, like squares one day, hexagons the other day. And then, I, but I've also witnessed our own system, if you may, uh, which comes from our chakra centers when they unpack. And I've been able to predominantly witness that in areas where there was very weak signal, like either the Wi-Fi and all that, you know, when you go out into some of these areas and every, every place has these areas where you can literally get into certain spaces where there's no signal. And in that, if you go to sleep, then your aura completely unpacks. And so that's why it's always good to try to find places in nature where you can just go and take a nap and you can unpack. Because what happens is obviously inside of your house and we've become resilient. I mean, we're like one of the most resilient species. That's why we're here. But you can actually uh, start to unpack your aura and your aura gets tangled in with the or inorganic field, which is the Wi-Fi signals and all that kind of stuff. And then you end up in the dream machine, which is why I tell people until you get completely clear and you refine your body, it's important not to place too much emphasis on your dreams because more than likely there is a high potential that the dream is being manipulated. So you need to clear, clear up your body, et cetera. So for sure, this is something that you're witnessing that is really there. It, it's not uh, something that... Um, 
that is um, a conspiracy or something that you, it's really not there. I guess I'm just attempting to ensure you that you are actually seeing that. And what actually you'll notice is is that when you look at the the white, like anything white, like the ceiling happens to be generally white, the walls are white. But some people have a lot of things all around the house and even darker walls. So in that tense, they have a hard time seeing it. But the easiest way to see it is when you're coming right out of sleep to kind of stare right at a white wall, and then you can begin to see the grid laying over everything. Okay, I just thank you so much because it, 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 until you say it that, I would always say, well, what is that? And I thought electromagnetic, you know, going through the house, there's no Wi-Fi in this house, mm -hmm. but the, there is electricity in the house. Yeah. And you're right, I see it on the ceiling. Yeah, so, and, and, it's and that's and what it's it perfect. is. I mean, that's how you know it's more or less one of those uh, projected fields is because it's like it's actually a perfect grid. It doesn't have this whole thing where it puts itself together eventually with imperfect shapes. All right, so we can go ahead and take the next caller. I do appreciate you calling in, sister, and and uh, and expressing yourself. Thank you so much. Nice to hear from you, Five. You tune in, Donna. Thank you. All right, five one seven. Your mic is open. Welcome. Your name and where you calling from, please. Five one seven three five eight six. Your mic is open. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just listening. I missed the wrong number. Okay. Could you take yourself out of queue? Hit number one for me, please. Thank you so much for being here. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh huh. Five one two 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 zero. Your mic is open. Your name and where you're calling from. Five one two. You have yourself muted. Okay. Got to move on. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. Okay. Your name and where you're calling oh. from. Oh. Oh wow. Um, my name is Nancy. I'm from Austin. Homeless. Uh, you have a question? Hey. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I actually okay. have a question regarding the dreams. And I, I noticed that you said that, you know, our dreams can be manipulated. So my question is, um, when we witness family members die in dreams, mm -hmm. uh, does that have any significance? And um, have you had any experiences like that? And that's it. <laughs> okay, great question. Yeah, um, what happens is, is that... <laughs> See, the dream machine is, is uh, you know, I'm, I'm still on cracking through on the I'm going to meet myself. Oh, okay, great. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still cracking through on the knowledge of what is the limitations of what can be done with uh, the control of the dream field. Um, but what I'm, what, what I'm actually getting to here is, is that notice how when you go through certain dreams that are extremely traumatic, you just get like really energetically drained. Or infused, you know, like yeah. sometimes you can come out of a really amazing dream, right? But some of these dreams, they really become like an energy vortex. And this is generally when someone around us is being hurt or we're in a scenario that we can't prevent. We're seeing things that we don't want to see. And so what I would say is, is that, you know, this is also it's like in the eye of the beholder, because when you're experiencing something around you and you witness a premonition about someone, what I have a tendency to do is I have a tendency to nullify that kind of information if I don't want it. I don't want something like that to occur. So even I, I can even take it upon myself to say the reason why I was being shown that is to prevent it. And how I prevent it is by completely nullifying its power. 
you see what I mean? So, because everything, this is like putty. All this stuff is like putty. So you can actually make it into the shape that you want. You can either choose to accept it the way that it is, or you can choose to change it. And they call that life, right? So the thing is, is that when I see something and it's being brought to my attention, if I feel there's an energetic connection with what I'm seeing and experiencing that I need to pay attention to, which has a lot to do with when you wake up, if you look at a number, like if you look at a clock and those numbers are very significant to you, you basically start to pull in synchronicities rapidly to try to authenticate what is being presented. Because what this does is then it leaves the programming it, it leaves the equipment, let's say the dream machine would need the potential to now control the clock and would need the potential to now control the book on your nightstand. It would need the potential to control even what the person that may be next to you is first about to say, which it can't. So this is how you can basically start to do you see the hack here? You basically are, are authenticating what you're seeing is real by other integers that can't be controlled simultaneously by a, a piece of equipment that is very basic, meaning to control a person's dream by using a technological method is actually very simple. It's, it's not as complex as we think, but if a person is attempting to authenticate something that they're really seeing and maybe their astral eye or whatever is trying to reveal something to them, how they can further ask for confirmation from themselves about that is to look into other things in the reality that won't be able to be manipulated simultaneously by such basic technology. So hopefully that makes sense. And, uh, and so you got two worlds here. One, if it's really going on, then it's brought to your attention so you can nullify it, jam it, cancel out the frequency. Or if it's the dream machine, then you'll notice the numbers will be off. They'll be non-significant. There'll be a lot of non-significance going on around it. And then you just have to count it in that you, you know, have somehow gotten juiced. And selenite is actually a powerful crystal to avoid getting juiced mm -hmm. because it's just, you know, it's pure energy. It's like one of the only crystals that don't need to be cleaned. So throwing that under the pillow, if you mm -hmm. find that there's a lot of hacking going on, is actually going to clear up a lot of those fields. So that's what I have to say, Holmes. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. You're welcome. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Um, press one. Yes, thank you. That helped so much. Um, 843, your name and where you're calling from, please. 843-2433. Are you there? Okay, I'm going to have to move forward. I think seven, I, I hope I didn't miss anyone. Sorry. Let me try uh, 305-3765. Your mic is open. 305-3765. 305. Are you there? Was that Florida? Miami? Yes. Your name and where you're calling from, please. Okay, no, that was me. That no, was I me and Goni. I was <laughs> that's the Miami area code. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, they're not saying anything. Seven. I think that I have asked everyone. I. It's difficult at this point because uh, I, a lot of these numbers. I think I tried a couple of times and they don't say anything. So. Okay. Uh, well, that's fine. I it's, mean, it's almost. Quarter. I'm sorry. It, we, I need about five minutes to close the show anyway, so you could, you know, I, 
Okay. Well, yeah, I can, I can give some closing thoughts here. You know, first of all, uh, just thank you to everyone that's been following the message and listening in and becoming a resonator of truth. It's truly helped so many in the reality. There's thousands of people that have experienced a greater existence because they've come into the information. And it's important to realize that we're all co-creating together. So this means that everything that we're experiencing, we have this connection with one another, which means, which gives us how we're experiencing this. So I wanted to say thank you for facilitating this time in my life where I've taken the moment to learn something and even to, to perfect it to the point to that, that I can teach it. And, uh, and that means a lot to me. And if anyone wants to, is new to all of this and they want to get a bit more information, they can visit secretenergy.com and they can find lots of utilities there that will assist them in this process. I'm also on YouTube as Interstand or Interstanding, excuse me. And uh, so there's lots of information. There's hundreds of videos that you can tap into. And then also, if you're looking for something that's a bit more structured, like it's just going to take it from the beginning and start walking you through the process, illustrated, et cetera, then you can join the university, which is our online uh, school. And when that's where we get and share lots of knowledge in a different way than obviously going through lots of things all in one segment where you may have a little bit more questions. So I wanted to, again, thank Gnosis Cardia Radio for having me on. It's been an amazing time. I believe a lot was transmitted in this uh, two-hour period and a little bit over two hours. And it's just been a pleasure to connect and to be in front of everyone again, especially live. I want to thank Ngoni also for handling that chat because it does get crazy and the, the phone lines, it gets crazy. And then to let anyone know that didn't get a chance to get their question answered, that you know you how to get in touch with us. Even check out that ask section. Make sure you frame your question properly and use the proper syntax so other people can see it and that there's a lot of people that can assist you. So I would just want to say wholeness and balanced vibrations to everyone and I'll speak with you soon. Oh, also there is actually a recording. Uh, there's actually a, a video about this, what I was talking about earlier today, real estate in your mind coming out. Like it's actually, I'll probably have this master within 48 to 72 hours. So anyone who's just looking for like a visual detail of what I'm explaining about the Nazis and the slave mind and how you can't build anything great. There'll be a reiteration if, you, if you're still in the slave, slave mentality. So there'll be a reiteration of all of that. And so you'll be able to kind of get a complete view of what I was presenting between today's conversation and this uh, video recording. So look out for that. Wholeness. Seven, I would like to thank you so much. It's always a joy and an honor to host you. Thank you for bringing us your wisdom and sharing your knowledge with us. I had a question that I want to ask, but I'm okay. going to ask it in an email or hopefully I can maybe ask. There's no time left. Or it's a deep question. No, it's a deep one. It's going to, okay. yeah, it's a very deep I don't know, because there's some folks with deep. Really, really want to get and by to the way, when I, tell some, when I said a real question, I didn't mean that everyone else's question was fake after that. I was just like, you know, there's another part of me like, okay, now how are you going to get out of this question? Like, this is a real crazy question that you don't, you don't have a, a direct answer loaded for. And, you know, and those tend to challenge me a bit more. So I always welcome those challenges. So I, that's what I meant by that, just in case somebody may have taken that the wrong way. But uh, with everything, you know, we, we come with true intent and we're looking to really assist. You know, I have nothing that I need because there, from anyone because there's nothing that I, I truly um, desire to take from another that I, I just know that I already have. And so when we all, all operate that way, remember, this is not about, you know, um, 
that we're running out of energy. It's really about how much energy that you can actually handle. So you can get yourself together, get out of the whole petty state of consciousness that the world has itself in with scarcity, relax a bit and allow yourself to flow. That's wisdom. And I would like to thank everyone that came this evening and assisted all those people that helped in the chat room and the questions. And again, I'd like to say that I'm sorry we didn't get, you know, a lot of the people that had their hand up, they waited a long time, seven, some more than 50 minutes, and then, you know, they didn't say anything. So um, well, yeah, hopefully we can do this is. again sometime. <laughs> it could be, but I was, I have a notepad. I wrote all the numbers down and crossed them off as I went with to them. Okay. I'm very thorough. Seven. I know. <laughs> and that's needed. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'll be in touch and uh, I'd like to bid everyone a good night. Oh, I want to remind the listeners because I had a question in the chat room. Uh, somebody said, I hope this will be uh, recorded. Yes, it will be in the archives at blogtalkradio.com, Gnosis uh, forward slash Gnosis Cardia. And also, uh, the link to secretenergy.com is on the show page. So please visit that beautiful, wonderful, vast platform.